street food heaven. We're in Japan. Why are you watching videos? Just using my phone to find our next meal. What's that? Let's find out. With my Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra, I can circle it with the S Pen and search right in the app. Looks like it's called Takoyaki. Tofu! Actually, it's fried octopus. <laughs> I knew that. Circle it, find it. With the new Galaxy S24 Ultra and circle the search with Google. Get yours now at Samsung.com. Internet connection required. Results may vary based on visuals. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. Defining Duke, an Xbox podcast, is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support the show, go to patreon.com slash laststandmedia. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today, and welcome to Defining Duke and the Xbox Podcast. Oh, here we go. All right. This is episode 15. <laughs> Bro, I, I did episode 14 and a half yesterday by myself when I was ready, totally had stuff set up, and I, I have DM'd a story you. for you. Okay, go for I it. Have a go story for it. You. So, um, this is Carrick with ACG. Anyway, go. Carrick DMs me yesterday, Tuesday, ready to record. And I'm like, what's this guy talking about? He's like, he's, he just messaged me. He's like, ready. I'm like, ready for yeah, what? <laughs> I was too. Yeah, and so I'm thinking to myself, oh, we're recording tomorrow, right? So, Carrick, I don't know what happened. I think like a part of my brain had to have been removed. I wake up today. Normally, the script is done. We're good to go. Wednesdays just show up and record day. Dude, mm-hmm. I didn't fucking write this script. It's 12. My girlfriend's mm-hmm. like, what are you up to today? I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to the card store. I'm going to get a new binder. Whoops. I got a couple orders coming in. So I'm going to check out my retro game shop. She's <laughs> like, oh, nice. <laughs> when are you recording Duke? And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I screwed it like, all what? up. Dude, that's that's it's almost like saying watching where everybody goes and then saying I got to run in front of them to lead them. It's like the moment I led mm-hmm. you this uh, uh, the wrong path it, it went to crap, man. Because we did Defining Duke Ultimate the it released at the same time, but we recorded that really early. Like it was the middle of the afternoon on a Sunday. My my mm-hmm. buddy and I did it. And then normally I'm in this mode of Monday Duke Ultimate, Tuesday Duke. And that's always been it since the show started. Um, those are my Duke days, I call them. And I think because I did everything early and then Monday, I didn't have to do my, my yeah. Duke news because I wait till Tuesday to script it so we can get all the news in. I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot to do it. So fortunately, kind of a slow news week. So I was able to yeah. stitch everything together pretty quickly. But yeah, it was just like, wow, where did my head go? Even my mom was like, Sometimes she'll she'll make a, an extra meal for me while I'm here at the studio, and she's like, "Hey, do you need anything when you go?" I'm like, "Go where?" Oh, and then my girlfriend Dude, hit me at the same throw time. Throw you completely wow. off, man. It can if somebody is like, and I don't know, maybe it happened to me too. I'll use that as an excuse. Maybe somebody said it was Wednesday, but dude, I woke up. I had everything. By the way, I was proud of myself. I was up. I was set up like 45 minutes prior to the event. Like I was good. <laughs> I was all we're gonna bang this out, man. I'm ready, and I had everything set up, and I was just like. I haven't got a 
schedule for Maddie. What's that's that's interesting. Ready? Yeah, I admire <laughs> your patience because if you were sitting there waiting and it was like two twenty three, we get in here yeah. at two and Carrick yeah. messages me at like two twenty three. He's like, ready? I'm like. Damn, so he waited 23 minutes for me to be I like... I did, I did. I was ready. just like, hey, man, he's getting a meal and stuff. I was like, yeah, he's getting three meals because that's how many he's going to need to eat between the time <laughs> I'm ready and the time we actually are prepared to go. But yeah, peeps, yes. we're, we're, this, is, uh, this is why you subscribe to Defining Duke because we are, mm -hmm. frankly, the most professional Xbox podcast known to man. It's just, it's right there. You can tell. Yeah, we're human. I've been told that's what people like about us. We're fucking human. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. gotcha. Well, we showed that. Whoa, yeah. and I popped out. Now I'm back. Sorry, peeps, if you see yeah. a little. Here we go. Hey, by the way, I was going to ask you, did I come? Was my video fine, though, on the recording? Uh, yeah, I, I believe it away? was last week. Because okay. normally Great. when something like that happens, Dustin or Ben will tap me on the shoulder that something was wrong. And I'll just try to course correct us, at all, if, if at all. And so when they don't tap me on the shoulder, I assume all is well. So Okay, great. Great. Yeah. I think you came out good. From what I watched, I, I usually tab around a little bit just to make sure. I did too, and I good. didn't see it popping in and out, so that's good. It's just on my end, I guess. Yeah. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Defining Duke. This is episode 15. As we slowly climb the Xbox ladder in the terms of podcasts, we want to thank you again for your early support to our show. Carrick, with uh, this news roundup this week, there's going to be a lot of PlayStation questions coming in i think it's always important that we take a look at the competition if you will talk yeah. about where they're sitting so um yeah we just want to thank everyone for for their support and allowing us some of this flexibility here and, and trying some new things with the show because a lot of our write-ins were like hey you guys are doing xbox stuff what do you think of playstation and their choices with the digital storefront with of course the reports that came out about their focus on blockbusters and mm -hmm. that's really what dominated the news cycle this week were some pretty shocking choices by playstation and they're definitely gonna be worth talking about because some of them can easily connect to xbox so we just want to thank you all for the early support the fact that we're at episode 15 and we are one of the top xbox podcasts and and hopefully we can hit that number one spot at some point is awesome we're, we're working on some guest collaborations that we think are going to excite you all and so i will say no more than that but with that as per usual, if you want to support us, patreon.com slash laststandmedia. We're on free feeds afterwards. If you want to be a freeloader, that's not okay, but we'll let you have it anyway. You know, it's the reason we give it to you late. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding, but <laughs> episode 11 of Defining Duke Ultimate is live for patrons. Uh, that is a Gears of War ranked list. So if you want to get a little upset over some of our Gears of War picks, have at it. It's my buddy Trex and myself, and we just sit down and we yak about some gears. It was a really good episode, about an hour and a half long. Carrick, enough about the housekeeping. What are you up to? Well, I was talking to you a little bit about like messing around with OBS uh, because we'll be doing some, you know, weird and you know goofy Dungeon Dragon streams. Mm. That so I wanted to get the presentation all up and running. Games wise, I got a Ipega. I think is the brand. Uh, they're the they oh. hold your tablet. So oh. this holds your okay. tablet. And I've heard a lot about Backbone. I'm not I'm not familiar with that. Okay. Yeah, so Backbone isn't big enough for my tablet because the tablet's mm. pretty big. So I had to get one of these. They're iPega and it runs Bluetooth into your into your tablet and then, you know, that all goes to your PC or whatever. And I was streaming today, uh streaming a bunch of stuff just to see how it worked. No leg at all, man. It's actually pretty cool. The only thing I don't like is it holds the tablet a little, a little high. Um the other ones I have, you can sort of adjust how high and low it is with your hands. I sort of like a system like the Switch, 
where the screen is equal to where your thumbs are. Like it's one solid line. Yeah. This one looks like it is, but it's it, it actually rests the tablet right here, meaning it's up, which can be a little mm -hmm. tiring mm -hmm. on your wrists if you're playing. But um, I did Batman. I did Disney Infinity and played a bunch. Yeah, it's like a ton of tablet stuff, a ton of streaming. No real big games because last time I tried Outriders, I got kicked instantly. I literally was like, I'm ready. My character screen came up, and this was about three days ago. Character screen came up, and I was like, I'm I'm going to do this, man. And uh, hit start, and it was like, boom, disconnection. Dude, I was uh, watching people post their inventory wipes, and I was oh. loving this game, man. But I man. got – the timing could not have been worse because I just got literally 10 legendaries. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, I want to fucking play this game so bad. But I'm just, I cut myself off. I was like, I am not going to, because that Cause will be the kiss of death for me. Right. That will be what makes me walk away. If I lost all my shit, that would make me so bitter beyond belief because I yeah. was I was playing that game. Whenever I fire it up, it's a multi-hour session. I have a really good time with it. But I was watching people post their, their wiped inventories, their wiped characters, and there was no way to retrieve them as far as we know right now at the time of recording this. Yeah, so... I get you on that. It's been pretty Rough. it's been pretty loose on on games lately. And so really all I've been playing is uh Oddworld Soulstorm. Um mm. and that's been that's been a really good time. I, I I love the mixture of like you still feel vulnerable like you do in previous Oddworld games of being able to craft stuff and use it to target enemy weaknesses and possess them and kind of figure out these mini puzzles. Uh, it's been an excellent game so far and I'm in this game. So there's yeah, also I was that. Ask you so for it's you to re an immediate review purchase. Yourself. Review I'm your, making review a video about it. Oh, are you? Okay. Yeah, because like I, to me, it's like a thing I want to be able to look back on and sort of capture that moment and what I was feeling when it happened yeah. and and some thoughts of the first time I'm in a video game. Yeah, so I, I play the role of a slig, uh, those little green monsters. I'm like one of the newscasters for it, and I had awesome. to change my voice and 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 talk all raspy and smoky. And yeah, it was uh, it was really fun. It was it was good. So. Uh, that was a really fun time, and uh, to 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 really quickly just before we get into our warm up questions, I want to say that it's interesting because Oddworld Launches Odyssey was one of the first games I ever played, and I still own my original copy. Uh, that was that's one of my favorite games of all time too. I, I don't think I talk a lot about how much I love Oddworld, and I think it got its second win really when they started doing HD re releases on PlayStation with the Vita and the PS3. But yeah, this was originally a original Xbox exclusive, and it was phenomenal. I loved it. It was one of my first encounters with choice and consequence. You know, if you don't save all the Mudokins and the Fuzzles, you'll end up getting a bad ending because your Quarma will be low. So uh, to just be a part of a game that I grew up playing with my dad now, like 20 years later, it's kind of crazy to think about. So really, really unique moment for me. So thrilled about that. And yeah, it's free on PS Plus, cool. by the way. So if you think I'm biased, just go download it for free. Check it out for yourself. All right, opening comments, and then we'll get into the warm-up questions. Mitchell wrote in with a cool idea that I'll see if Colin's interested in this. Howdy, boys, who define Duke. I didn't realize how much I want Colin and Maddie to sit down and just talk shop about Mega Man until he brought up that Colin pointed him towards a Mega Man game he hadn't played yet. I don't care if it's a Duke Ultimate Sacred Symbols Plus on Maddie's channel or just Last Name Media YouTube, but I need it. Thank you for all you do. Have a moist sock. That's too much work to change kind of day. Yeah, so... There's just something I wanted to tack on in the main show. We've been taking feedback in about Defining Duke Ultimate. A lot of people like the solo shows and kind of just the the riffing that occurs there. But I also watch what Colin does with Sacred Symbols Plus, and I like that a lot, where he takes these more topical discussions and 
Um, they, they, they're so good that people want them to go out to the public. I kind of want to start doing things like that. So I want to dig a little deeper on various ideas that people might find fun and enjoyable to listen to and reach beyond the last damn media circle. So I just wanted to tap that in there and just let everyone know I'm interested in stuff like that. But now warm up question time where we can both get involved. So typically we label our show around the news. I'm thinking this week we likely won't be doing that because a lot of our writings were based around stuff like this. AJ Murray is our first writing. Hey, Duke boys. So with all the talk surrounding the situation with PlayStation right now, I've thought of an interesting what if scenario for you both to ponder. If Xbox was still under Don Matrick and still followed suit with their original Xbox One concept, what do you think the console landscape would look like? Would something like Game Pass even exist the way it does today? Hope you're both having a dreadfully mediocre week. So a lot of this is on the back of a Bloomberg report that uh, Colin dropped a emergency Sacred Symbols Plus episode on, and they're going to talk about it in the next Sacred Symbols. And we're going to talk about it a bit here where PlayStation is honing in on blockbusters. They've sort of converted, they originally were converting Bend into a, who developed Days Gone, into a support studio. And now they're doing their own IP of some kind. And they're shutting down studios in Japan, as we saw. They've sort of sent out a, a message saying, we're not interested in titles that only do well in Japan. They're remaking the original Last of Us. Um, they're focusing on a, a multiplayer thing for The Last of Us Part Two, as we already knew, the factions multiplayer. But the message has been clear that PlayStation with their moving on from the digital storefronts, and now we're not even seeing some of those PS3 games being able to update. So they're leaving the past behind. They're just focusing on these big blockbusters, uh, most notably The Last of Us, which is getting an HBO TV show here. So with this question in mind, a, a, a lot of people, I wanted to tap in on this one more so because a lot of people have been connecting Jim Ryan, the guy who sort of sees all the chess pieces, maybe isn't calling every shot like I would imagine a Herman Holst is, um, but we're seeing the comparisons being made between Jim Ryan and Don Mat Don, uh, Dan Matrick. And I just want to know uh, how fair do you think this is for starters? And what would it look like if Xbox sort of continued down this path? And then we'll get more into what's going on with PlayStation. But what does Xbox look like if really I, I would say Phil Spencer doesn't step into the mix? Because I think they're like dead in the water in a lot of ways. I think they're, I don't even think they're around. I, I mean, I don't know. A lot of companies were in on that and then let Microsoft take the heat when it didn't work out. A lot of companies were very pro that idea. So you might have seen some support from companies we haven't even seen yet or we're seeing later. I don't know if they won't, wouldn't be around. I will say that people forgot that Dan Matrick is act, was actually the lead of multiple, multiple huge I got it wrong, by the way. Don Matrick. Sorry. Don, basically the lead in a huge number of successful things for EA and other companies. So it's not like he was magically, you know, just a bad idea generator. I don't know what it would look like. I mean, that's a that's a really I mean, the entire world has changed and Internet wise, it's changed. But uh, Game Pass, by the way, would still be here because their ideas for Game Pass. I mean, that's something that like he himself actually talked about. Like that was one of their ideas was trading games, um, family plans, like how uh, being able to download a game, put a game in and, you know, who owns it when you put a game in. All that would have been on the backbone of a of a game pass slash whatever. So whatever their backbone. is, I don't know. I don't really think about those kind of things too much. I will say, yes, it's unfair for not unfair. You can do whatever you want. But I will say I think it's presumptuous to uh, blame Jim for shit. Just like some people uh, gave Phil Spencer kudos when it was actually ideas made prior to him coming in, the same thing can be said for Jim. 
But this is not surprising to you and I because whenever on ham radio, I can't remember when, but the moment Jim was announced as like one of the first things I talked about was what he had said in the past. So we called almost mm-hmm. all this like, and okay. I'm not yeah. bragging. We literally, I mean, like the thing is, is you just track what somebody says. It's not that hard. And he stated very clearly what he stated or, or what he wanted to do. And it was definitely what we're seeing now with the triple A's, all the stuff he talked about, he wanted to return to the big Sony. He wanted to, I mean, it's all, it's all in the writing, man. Like it's all in, and everything he said prior. So it's, I, I don't know if it's not fair, but uh, some of the decisions and stuff that he's making, we don't know how that's going to turn out. If they get a couple big AAA titles under their belts as well, people are going to do the same thing they've always done and pretend like nobody else has exclusives at all. <laughs> so, you know, typical Sony hmm. fan, typical Sony fan will just like all they need is one success before everybody's going to be, you know, yeah, the, the greatest the conversation thing that's ever will be very interesting when Returnal comes out. I was just looking up an article because I remember reading this Horizon and I'm Zero glad I two. found it. Yes. Sorry. I'm glad I found it. This comes from Ars Technica. Um, it says, by early 2014, I'm going to read a little excerpt here. Excerpt here. Uh, by early 2014, a few months after the Xbox One launch, Witten had left for Sonos and Spencer was the one left to pitch the value of the gaming division to the newly named Microsoft CEO, Satya Nadella. Yep. Then the question is, do we go forward with Xbox, Spencer said, because... We're getting really outsold by PlayStation in the market at this point. Do we stay invested in it or do we make a different decision? So they actually, to some extent, did have this on the chopping block. Well, Spencer said he knew he was going to try to stay in the game's business at the time. He thought it was far from clear if there would be space for him to do so at Microsoft. I think the question was, is the company going to stay in this space? He said, and if so, you know, what's my role? Spencer said at the time, Nadella didn't quite understand the gaming division yet, not from an intelligence standpoint, but he hadn't been close to it. Still, Nadella decided to give the division his continuing support, letting Spencer head up a reunified Xbox team. I think the reason I ended up in the job, frankly, was the other leaders were gone. I teased myself that I was the last person left at the table, and there's some truth in that. I want to make sure I keep my ego in check. So I thought that I want, I'm glad I pulled this one out because... I, do, I really didn't think Xbox would be around if uh, if it just continued with Don or or no Phil was involved. And I do think in answer to AJ's question, that's very much the case. I don't know if the compare... I think the comparisons immediately to Don when it comes to Jim Ryan might be rash, not because of, of a quality of decision-making, but really, I think it's because when you look at... Don and his reputation, it was because of we've seen the repercussions. I don't think we've seen we don't know what the Last of Us remake's gonna look like. And in all fairness, I think we need to watch something like that shake out, even if we've already kind of seen it before in 2013. And I think it is a little too soon. Um, it is one of those situations where I think Naughty Dog got a little bit snake bitten from The Last of Us Part Two, where their whole plot kind of leaked ahead of its launch and, and a lot of major points were out there. And so um, I, I, I have to say in a, in one manner, as someone who's, by the way, not even a huge fan of The Last of Us Part Two, I like it. I think it's a good game uh, in a lot of manners, but it's not my favorite. I, I like the first one leagues and above and beyond. But I do feel for them in the sense that they're kind of having all of their big things spoiled well beforehand yeah. and that people don't, they have not been granted the opportunity now to, to just have people experience their thing and let people kind of see for themselves. We've been given the time to converse, think, marinate, discuss, and then see what the product is. And uh, that's 
definitely different from any other studio <laughs> across the industry. Uh, and that's no slam on Jason Schreier's reporting at Bloomberg because I think he's bringing up a very important aspect that's uh, that's changing in PlayStation. You look at the Sean Layden era. Um, there's this cool clip going around of, of him saying he was talking about a game that I think he worked on um, and saying like it wasn't a multi-million seller, but that wasn't the point. And I think this is really it sounds cheesy, but this is the difference when you have someone who plays games in your managerial roles versus someone who does not. Jim Ryan, he's not a gamer like he's not. He's a businessman. He talks, walks, acts, everything like a businessman. And so he's going to behave as such. He, I don't think he has as much investment in the creative passions uh, to the extent that maybe a Sean Layden would or a Phil Spencer would. Um, that's not to say he's a bad leader because his job is to make sure PlayStation remains as profitable as possible, right? Like that's his job. And with PlayStation being the most profitable part of Sony, you know, it's even more so he's probably being told his job to make sure like that's a guarantee. You got to keep them really successful. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I don't think my thoughts are changed on it. He's judging some of the stuff he's done and and said. I've disliked, but currently, like as he's been in charge of PlayStation, he hasn't said anything that is near as dumb as the stuff he said prior to running it. Prior to running it, this is the guy who's like, backwards compatibility doesn't matter. It's you know, people no one plays it. They just they just bitch about it. You know, the weird stuff he would say, you'd be like, really? Now, admittedly, I was. I, I mean, maybe he's right and we're wrong, and maybe he had some data prior that we didn't have you know he was probably seeing some of the writing yeah, on the wall 2017 yeah he said why would anybody yeah. play this <laughs> why would anybody play this and and he admittedly that now we see vita and ps3 stores coming down so like there is some thought processes there but i want to know i want to watch more because i do firmly believe i've seen microsoft do indies and no one care i've seen microsoft do ori and cuphead and people are like well it's not sony so it doesn't matter like that's just the way it is guys like i don't care what side you you fall you've you're on that's just the way it's been for a long time that that people would just it didn't matter what success microsoft had it was like well sony you know a bunch of top hats and their fucking pinkies in there you know <laughs> you would you wouldn't believe what sony's got sony's got something in in you know in the plans that will shatter everything and mm -hmm. now as things start to slowly boil back i don't think that one or two decisions won't get people singing his praises right away i just feel that people are bitching because they're not number one in every choice and every single thing they do at all times. I think Sony fans are so accustomed to that that when they do when they see a single inning of baseball that they didn't kick ass, they're like, "What the heads must roll." They're the Mets fans, yeah, of of, of, of video, video games. games. Yeah, they're That's... and and as a by the way, as a fan of back in the day of like Sega and Nintendo, I know what it's like. So I'm not talking down to you. I'm just saying. That's the way a lot of those fans are. They're they're so accustomed to winning that when it doesn't happen, they're really stunned by it. Let's be honest. We're seeing a little bit of that culture creep into Xbox with this Game Pass stuff. You know, it's like this constant winning, and it's only been a couple months, but it's this constant sort of uh, twisting of the knife. And, you know, I've seen some tweets. I've seen some posts around the community and stuff. And, yeah, there's that kind of like, come get us, bitch mentality that's uh, creeping into the other one now. And uh, just, you know beware because it's just the, the the cycle will continue where we're going to see playstation balance out and then xbox will falter uh, it, it's just 
it's happened for so many generations and it's very tiresome to watch because it's like really like you both just can't be on the not the same page but you both can't be rocking on all cylinders at the same time but i i do think the conversation will change starting with Returnal, then Ratchet. I, I think people are going to start to simmer down a little bit. It's just that PlayStation has been dead silent throughout a lot of pieces coming out about them. You know, the, the fact that we learned through, I don't know what that page was, like a forum post or something about the PS3, PSP, and Vita stores being shut down. That wasn't right. even a public announcement. It was kind of buried. I think it just shows, number one, how they value it. But uh, it, it just all being done very quietly sort of behind closed doors in a way. I mean, be be accustomed to Nintendo who does this. That's mm. how Nintendo runs their business is quiet. I mean, it is true. It's like we heard, you know, Metroid Prime leaks, but that's about it. Most of the time, you're pretty surprised. I mean, that's the honest truth. When I see something from Nintendo Direct that's exciting, I got to admit, most of the time, I'm pretty surprised by it. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. And I think with Sony, they, you know, with big blockbusters, they'll probably try to go that way. But you guys got to remember, man, Sony's making TV inroads since day one. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Spider, they now own a little bit of that IP for Spider-Man and all that kind of stuff. You can't. I mean, there's all kinds of weird shit. Horizon Zero Dawn just got into fucking what's that game? Not Valorant, the other one. Oh, oh, Fortnite, yeah. Fortnite. Not that Microsoft won't do that, but what I'm saying is, Sony is an entertainment company. They've made movies in the past. I think that Jim some of that and wants some of that return because it's only going to take a couple huge movies or TV shows for that water cooler moment where some company just explodes. It's almost like he's looking for viral, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. He's almost looking for, it's almost like a YouTuber who's looking for viral videos versus doing the work. By the way, both can be awesome because I've seen viral videos that are hilarious. (laughs) So it's, it both can be awesome, but that it feels a little bit like he's like that where Sean Layden's more like, I'm going to get people talking because there's going to be a lot of different things. Yeah. And I think in this conversation, people are already losing one thing that a lot of us never envisioned PlayStation doing, which was embracing other platforms. We've seen job listings yeah, for mo- right. mobile, which I think is less interesting, but more excitingly is, is uh PC. PC is the more That's a huge exciting change. platform scene. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, we've heard rumors of, of Bloodborne, uh, uh, Ghost of Tsushima on PC, and that's going to be awesome to see one day. Because uh, I almost can guarantee that's something that would happen. Not because I've heard so, but you it just ghost? seems like the way... Yeah, it goes to Tsushima on PC. Dude, come on. Like, that would be awesome. The mods, <laughs> that'd be incredible. Oh, <laughs> and that's the thing, Maddie. People don't, just aren't getting that these companies are looking at, like, this exclusive and going, you know, should we keep it exclusive forever just to say it's exclusive? Because, like, mm. how many years later is Ghost of Tsushima still a system seller versus an additional title? Because at some point, you're like, you you haven't bought it already. Like, let's say we're talking about PS4. It's like, if you have 10 games and you're at your 11th game and somebody still hasn't bought your system, do you need to worry about your third game being exclusive? And my personal opinion is no. And you're throwing money and fans away that may buy your next console or mm-hmm. may go, whoa, I dig this game. And the PS5 is pretty powerful. It's got 60 FPS. So when another game does come out in the series and it's a year exclusive on the console, guess what I'm getting? The console. No, they're doing the smart thing in a way. Yeah, there's a way to backwards into another console sale by putting your game on something else. And I think that's what we're seeing. Some smart decisions. Yeah, we're seeing them cast a wider net. You know, we yep. already saw Ghost of Tsushima movie get announced. And then yep. the PC port's definitely going to happen. And you've got the game that was extremely popular. The The multiplayer mode was a smash success. So God, that yeah, game you're gonna... was good. 
Yeah, it really was. And and I, I was completely wrong about it. I thought it was going to be more like Ubisoft open world, but it was just That's it really it looked like that of... two weeks prior, Maddie. It did. Dude, it did. But come on. I mean, when you play it, it really rethinks <laughs> oh, how you yeah. explore a game and it's phenomenal. And so, yeah, I just I, I appreciate that game so much. And, and but what you're seeing is they hit a success like they did with The Last of Us and they've doubled down in every single imaginable way. Like for The Last yeah. of Us, the only thing that's missing is that PC port, which will obviously happen. Um, so that's part of their plan here is they're 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 teaming up with epic more investing in epic more yeah it's it's been interesting to watch uh let's move on to our second question where i think this can kind of carry back into the xbox realm a bit more walter bully writes in howdy hazardous dukes the recent bloomberg report about the state of things at some sony studios has me considering kojima's rumored microsoft collaboration in a different light so yeah the timing for this was very interesting because of that news drop if sony is fine with walking away from days gone Maybe they're fine with walking away from Kojima Productions as well. It's an open secret that Death Stranding didn't light the world on fire with sales. Do you think Sony's reported attitude of focusing on big blockbusters could have trickled down, leaving Kojima Productions hanging in the wind on a future Sony project? It comes Microsoft, where it would not surprise me at all to hear that Microsoft told Kojima to make whatever the hell he wants, just put it on Xbox, maybe even Game Pass. Thank you for the podcast, dudes, and I both you hope you have a 40-degree day. The worst type of weather. All right. This was the other thing that I was thinking of when um, I read this report is I feel like while it's just a rumor and we're going to treat it as such, Kojima teaming up with Xbox would make a lot more sense. Originally, it was from just the Game Pass perspective of, hey, you know, maybe he wanted more players on something like Death Stranding. Game Pass has that built-in player base that you can really reach out to. People don't have to spend money on this questionable project. And in turn, it creates a little bit more excitement and buzz. Just look at Outriders. Look at MLB The Show. We thought that was the data speaking. But now with this report coming out afterwards... Do you think this is why we may see a collaboration with Kojima and Microsoft and we may see other other collaborations in the future with um, more creatives, we'll say? We, we talked about on Ham Radio, like a, a Ken Levine or something uh, teaming up with Xbox because Sony sort of walked away from what I would say is the more riskier plays at times. Although Death Stranding, by all technicality, was a success. Yeah, I think Death Stranding was just not a Metal Gear success. But... Looks like it did mm. 27 million or whatever they said. 27 million bucks or whatever. Yeah. The question was, was like, what though? I mean, what's the... Do you think that because of Sony's new focus on blockbusters that someone like Kojima was sort of left hanging in the wind just because they're like, now we're focusing on our big things like Horizon, Ghost of Tsushima, setting up another studio to do something like no. a new big IP. You think they're just... Okay, so why do you think that? Because I think everybody makes dis that's the problem with game fans. They wanna they want something explained to them like the theory of relativity. That's not the way games work. It's affected differently. If Kojima had shown them something cool, they would have wanted something cool. Whatever they discussed, whatever goes on, there's money and there's interest, and those two need to meet up for you to move forward. In no way, shape, or form do I think that that like. Because of their focus on AAA, if Kojima didn't have something cool, I mean, I don't see any reason why Jim Jim or those people stating they want to do AAA doesn't mean that's all they're going to do. It absolutely does not. And people need to remember, this is third or second party, not first party. Once you start getting into third and second party and hired guns kind of contractors, he's not going to want a AAA from every single one. That wouldn't make any sense, even from him. So the idea that Kojima is showing him stuff, no, I don't think it instantly changes just because of this new ideal. It may have less money involved. There may be less money offered. You know, they may have changed their, um, you know how like you go to buy a car and you have your $5,000 budget 
or whatever, if their budget dropped to 4,000, they're still going to want to see the car. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe mm-hmm. Kojima is still want to be, is still going to want to be seen by Sony as in Sony would still want to look at it. Like they're not, they're not idiots. And by the way, the Starfield money didn't go away. So there's still money there or yeah, well, we've talked about it a lot. Yeah. There was money there. You know, who knows what's been purchased in that, in that point. But no, I don't, I don't think it's just magically changed the entire way they do business. It's just adjusted some of their numbers, but Kojima that would, it would, dude, it would boggle. You would hear about it. You would hear about that. Like somebody working with Jim and those guys, somebody in charge of first, uh, in, in charge of third party support or whatever, you would, they would leak it. It would be leaked you that think? they, hmm. yes. Yeah. If it was pure drama like that, if Jim was like, we're not even going to see Kojima snap, snap, you can bet your ass. Somebody be like, they didn't even want to see him. Like it would get leaked. It would get leaked because only he got, he replaced, he replaced Sean. The entire world didn't get replaced at Sony. There's still other people there who I'm sure disagree. And you can bet your ass, man, like that kind of stuff would be brought up. Now I'm not saying it hasn't been, maybe while we're talking, it will be, it's happened before (laughs) where we've been talking yeah, multiple times, (laughs) but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be like you and I, we may have an agreement on a game or whatever, but that doesn't, let's say we disagree on a game. It doesn't mean if the person who hated it won't look at the next in that series of games or whatever, like you're still going to mm-hmm. look. And I, Jim's not the only one, by the way, making all choices. It would be impossible. No CEO in the world, by the way, would be making all the choices on every game coming to a, a developer. It would absolutely not be happening. It's impossible. There's no, it's like Matt Booty. You've even talked about it. How many games can one person like run, you know? And Jim's right. the CEO. He's even above that. So yeah, I'm. I don't think. Long story short, I don't think it changed a ton. I don't, I, especially when it comes to Kojima. Maybe somebody else, but like if I came to him, they'd probably be like, <laughs> no. But, but Kojima, nah. <laughs> see, I wonder because I feel like if Jim Ryan's saying these things and he's sort of establishing a culture, like you close down a studio in Japan and you say we're no longer doing games that are only successful in Japan, I feel like that sends a clear message to everyone even if you're not in japan like like okay they mean only blockbusters and so i feel like but it doesn't change that they would still see kojima's game because you wouldn't know what it is i think they would see it but i almost think they'd see it looking down their nose in a way oh for for sure that's possible like yeah yeah you know that's how i view and i think that's what the question being asked was is oh i didn't get that from the question at all yeah, it was like, do you think Sony's reported attitude of focusing on big blockbusters could have trickled down, leaving Kojima Productions hanging in the wind? So hanging in the wind, no. I think they saw his project. Yeah, no but, way, but, not hanging but in the wind. But I, I don't think... I would envision it, and by the way, this is all speculative, of course. I would almost envision it like a, all right, let's see what this is all about. And like, we need to be wowed to be in on this because I view yeah. it this way. Jim's setting this culture here. He's clearly a data-driven guy, which makes sense as a businessman. I get it. He's going to look at Death Stranding's numbers, maybe compare them to, I don't know, something like MGS5 and go like, what the fuck is this? Like, why would we, why would we spend, like, you made $27 million and call it a success? Like, no, that's How much that's did nothing. he spend on Death Stranding, though? Yeah, of course, that's the, that's the bigger That would be picture. a question, right? But I, 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 that did not look like an expensive game, to be quite honest. But it was made very quickly after the studio was set up. So It may, yeah, see, it's like, how much did it cost? How many people worked on it? How, like... Norman Reedus, did he cost a bunch? Because remember, he's a voice actor for Walking Dead. One I feel of the like Kojima could get him on a world. nice little 
He could get, he, he could get them on a nice little um, uh, deal. If you're saying like, a deal, dude, that's not the way. You don't deal. With, I mean, you could, I guess, but I just don't <laughs> see his agent. I don't see Norman's agent wanting to cut give his own take because Norman's agent would take a take of whatever Norman gets to. Like, like, I don't know. I mean, it could happen. That could happen. But that, but at some point, we're so far in the weeds now that we're like, I want to have ESP and understand everything Jim's thinking, which, I mean, I don't know. It seems to be a waste to me. I think with Kojima's game. A Game Rant article reported that Death Stranding initial sales left Sony disappointed and frustrated. And then, I don't know. I'm, I'm not even going to mention this because. Uh, oh, you wait, find that interesting, though? Because that, that they were frustrated with the sales? No, because just that the overall thought process of all that, because dude, it was all that people talked about. It won a ton of awards, and everybody I know besides me liked that game. It seemed like it sold well. Just from like the zeitgeist, the Twitter zeitgeist. But I don't follow sales that much because I don't think they're really a quality indicator. It sold well enough to be profitable. Some rumors sure. are swirling that it cost a hundred million to make, but I don't well, really, I, I don't know where that's even sourced from, so I wouldn't give it any oxygen. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply. Business. It's all the things that keep this world turning. And behind every one of these companies is a partner helping to keep it all moving. It's why the local flower shop and your favorite pizza joint, the startup and the stadium, hospitals and hotels, banks and restaurants nationwide, all choose the advanced network, cybersecurity solutions, and round-the-clock trusted partnership from Comcast Business, the company that powers more businesses than anyone else. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Restrictions apply. Call or visit ComcastBusiness.com to learn more. Anyway, let's move on to question number three, continuing the PlayStation Xbox conversation a little bit more. Hey, Duke boys, as a PlayStation-centric player, I'm not very familiar with the Xbox ecosystem, but I turn, tune into your podcast often because I enjoy you. your banter and insight. Thank you. Yeah, that's what this is all about. That being said, where does the name Defining Duke come from? I'm sure there's some obvious link uh, to Xbox history that I'm just unfamiliar with, but I'd be curious to know how the name of your show originated. Also off topic, but how do you, the Duke men, feel about the classic Green Day album, Dookie? Thanks, Seth Payne. <laughs> what songs are on that album, man? It's been a while since I've... I've While you answer that, Defining Duke. Duke is the original name for the original big giant Xbox controller. That's pretty much it, right? Defining yeah. Duke. Like mm -hmm. we're defining the Xbox. By the way, best controller ever. Screw you if you believe otherwise. I'm just joking. Yeah. I love that thing. Oh, this album had Welcome to Paradise. Oh, this is a great oh, album. Oh, gotcha. It's just, just by that by default. <laughs> They're still right. running around wearing eyeliners at 55, aren't they? Fuck yeah. Dude, that's I, all has. By the way, you'll. I was joking. I mean, I was teasing and prodding, but let them do what they want. I get a lot of people who are like, man, these guys can't be punk rockers. They're 50 or 60. It's like, I don't know, man. These days, I feel like a 50 or 60 year old could be more of a punk rocker than a fucking 18 year old. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm OK with them doing whatever they do. I wasn't even a huge fan of that. It's all about spirit, overall. man. But it's, it's all, all about, about yeah. spirit. Yeah, it's definitely about spirit. Yeah, so there's your explanation, Seth. Um, so everyone knows, yeah, it, it is originated around the original Duke controller. Leo Sanchez is up next. 
Hey boys, after reading through that nothing software update for PS5, I'm once again disappointed in Sony software engineers. It seems ACG was right that the NVMe slot will simply never be activated. Since Microsoft is slightly better at that part, never mind those endless Windows updates, which by the way, it's happening on my home computer now and I'm pretty fucking pissed <laughs> about suck. it. Yeah, right, dude. Like it was, it was just here at this work computer, but now it's at my oh. home one. I'm like, fuck, that was the safe one. Oh, yeah, are, right. there any, <laughs> are there any gripes you have with Xbox? that you'd like to be solved or any new features you'd like to see through these like Dude. software updates. Yeah, there's a shit ton. First of all, I didn't say it would never be turned on the NVMe. It's just, it's obvious they had issues. And if it was Xbox, people would be up in arms. People would mm. be like, how dare you buy an Xbox? It's secondary storage doesn't even work. It's like with <laughs> Sony, people are like, all right, it must be because when it does work, it's just going to make it 10 times more powerful. You know, <laughs> for Xbox, dude, I have a ton. Recording uh, bitrate is absolutely shit on the Xbox. Recording length is absolutely crap. Now, I've heard software engineers, and we have a Sony engineer in our Discord, Matt. He worked on the PlayStation 5, and I've forgotten to ask him every time. But I would like to ask him if there's a worry that uh, the NVMe and writing and rewriting to it during a recording phase is why Microsoft maybe went smaller with theirs, where Sony went with huge. Theirs is much better. Sony's recording ability is much better. So I'll have to ask Matt that. That would be fixed. The OS HUD runs at 1080p, which doesn't bother me too much, but I know it bothers everybody else. So I'll mention that for people. I think moving files and games on the Xbox and moving between nested folders still just sucks donkey balls on the Xbox. And the big one for me is they have mouse and keyboard for things like Halo and some other games, and they are tentative on turning it on for the Xbox, and it needs to happen yesterday. It is dumb that we can do MMOs and we can do all this stuff. Dude, the Xbox could be a fantastic machine. Imagine Knights of Old Republic. Star Wars Online, whatever. Mm -hmm. All these MMOs where people are like, hey, if you don't have the money to buy a PC or you have a PC, but you don't want to you know, do this and that, or you've got an Xbox anyway, and you want to play these MMOs, you want to play a shooter with a mouse and keyboard, boom, we've allowed it. Final Fantasy has it, I believe. Halo just patched it in. It needs that. Frustrates me. Just let yeah. it happen. Yeah, I agree because there are mmos that are kind of limited just to pc when they don't need to be on a technical level like the exactly. old republic's a 2011 or 2012 you MMO. could figure like, it out you could yeah it out. yeah and so keyboard and mouse support and that type of stuff is just it's long overdue for these consoles where more games uh, really need to support it for me it's i'm trying to think i i i've overall i because I, I've spent like pretty much the whole generation on PS4. So a lot of the start of this one has been refamiliarizing myself with the the old and the new. You know, some of the stuff I saw right. at the beginning with the Xbox One and some of the evolutions of that. I think the thing that I have the biggest problem with is oftentimes like I don't know why and call me crazy, but I don't like that when you press the home button, everything comes up on the left bar. You know what I'm mm -hmm. talking about? Like that. Yeah. I don't know why. Absolutely. That's not something that really needs to be fixed per se, because I get it's supposed to be out of the way, but it's just this skinny bar on the left side. I'm trying to think if there's really something that bugs me because a lot of my, and I can already see the comments for this episode, but a lot of my complaints with like OS and, and HUD and display has come through the PlayStation 5. Like I fucking Mine hate firing well. up my PS5. I really don't like it because I... I like the games, but my God, I just cannot stand the, the cross media bar. I just don't think it's 
I don't think it's good at all. And it's card layout is terrible. Xbox has a similar thing with just a mess of tiles, um, which yeah. looks like my Windows start menu. But at least you can organize it into little sections there. I guess cleaning that up a little bit more would be nice for sure. I have a question for you. I don't know if you noticed this, but one of the things that frust... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say Game Pass, I think because that's pretty much its own entity now. I think some quality of life enhancements to that. They talked about one that they're adding recently. We mentioned this on an episode where they're adding like a play with your friends one. I'd like mm. to see more categories for that. When you start, because they, they have Bethesda, they have EA. I would like to see like sections for these companies, um, provided they're not already there, because I've never seen them. Because um, you can really only search by game, but you can't search by company. And now we have two full company libraries rolled into the service. Um, Xbox first party or se segmenting it by obsidian and in exile. And you know, cause all of these companies have multiple games lodged on uh, game pass. So I think filtering in that way would be really great as this library expands. Cause there is that enjoyment of window shopping through the tiles, but more filters being able to find what I want per company is great. It's all in alphabetical order. So oftentimes it's easy to search for a specific thing, but um, if, if you're, new to this it can be very overwhelming and so being able to say like let me start with the a companies b companies c so on and so i don't forth. know about you do you feel also that the search just sucks balls on the xbox it just <laughs> seems like when i search for like forza i i can get the dlc and stuff not the games which to me is just asinine like why not just be like forza has that too and it's i've yeah, never got just understood do it. Forza 1, 2, 3, 4, Forza Horizon 1, 2, 3, 4, and then under it have a fucking link that says DLC, right? Mm -hmm. And then you'll be like, do I have the ultimate, unbelievable, incredible, epic edition of Forza, or do I just have the premium? Or do I have the basic, unbelievable, epic version of Forza? It's difficult to know what you friggin' own. And they need a they need like a color choice, or they need like a big impactor for that kind of stuff. The, the other thing I was going to mention is I wish they would start doing samples for headsets. They need to start doing it. Sony's got a bit of one. But from now on, when I go into the headset and I choose Windows Sonic, they need to have a great sample of Windows Sonic audio and say, this is what's different. If you do Dolby DTX, if you do Atmos, they need to have excellent samples with a video that maybe shows a guy with a gun go around the left and you hear it and you're like, okay, that sounds good. I'm going to hit Windows Sonic and now I want to hear that. They have nothing. Mm. Also, anything having to do with monitors, color depth, 8, 10, 12 bit. Somebody wouldn't even know what that means. 422 color? What the fuck does 422 color mean? To somebody who doesn't know, when you go into the display of either one of these systems, I've had people who know a lot about games go into those systems go, what? is 8-bit HDR versus 10-bit HDR versus 420 and 422. Why can I not get this frame rate at this thing? You know, they need, it looks ugly. Like that's all stuff PS5 as well, but the Xbox in particular, you just go into this boring gray blackness and it just starts blurbing shit. Like when you try to test what television you have and it'll give you XMAR, it'll be like, you have this TV that can do HDR 10 and you're like looking at, this weird checklist they need to clean that up for newcomers i think, I think that um as we start to see more things added something like hdr i would love for that to be a 
I don't know if this would actually how possible this would be, but almost like a quick a quick flip where you could turn it on and off and see the no, difference. I agree. Because I I've agree. had broken HDR, and uh, one time when I was I was streaming Outriders, uh, what was happening was the HDR was active on my TV, but I think in Not the past year to my yeah, it, it, so when I was streaming it, it was gray, it was right. washed out, it looked fucking horrible, Karen. horrible. Looked fucking horrible. Isn't that embarrassing too? Because it looks good to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting there like right. I. I think I even said, "Wow, this game's so colorful," and people were like, "What?" And I, I realized until I turned the HDR off, then it yep. came through in a better image. But in general, we we see far too often game communities going, "Oh, it's 60 frames," or "Oh, it's HDR on and it looks beautiful." We can really see the difference here. I'd like the ability to almost fire up that left bar. I was not complaining about, but saying I'm not a huge fan of. And be able to like literally flip that on in a heartbeat without Context resetting the app almost. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And and just being That'd able be to cool. see these things on and off in motion. Because I know you can, for example, go to the game application. You can turn off FPS boost. You can turn off HDR. Mm -hmm. But I believe that requires a resetting of the app. And what I'm talking about is in real time. So you can see it, yeah. turn it off, see it again. Instead of trying to remember that image, going through the startup menu and then seeing it. I just... That's something I'd like because the conversation and there's are, are, is kind of getting polluted. And there's too many people making civil mistakes with platforms. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm glad they asked it because that's yeah. a there's a lot more stuff than I even thought of until you started mm -hmm. talking about like HD. Scott Wilson Wilson's up next. This is great. <laughs> hey Dukes, I was excited to hear my name read out on the show last week. That I paused to have my wife listen. I didn't know when I clicked play, I would be subjected to five minutes of being called too fat and lazy to change <laughs> disc. <laughs> what were we talking about? Hey, hold on, you'll remember. At one oh. point, Carrick told me to put down the sandwich, fatty. It didn't help that I was halfway through a foot-long sub. My excitement in front of my wife quickly turned to embarrassment. I'll try to be a better person, guys. From now on, I'll get off my seat every once in a while. Thank you. <laughs> What I don't even remember what this was about. This this was the guy who wrote in saying he, he said that he wanted to know if there would be more ways to I think download games because he he said he was too lazy to get up and change. Them. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We were like, get yeah. the fuck off your seat, get, man. Get off your get off your seat, man. Get, oh, yeah, because it was like, can you leave it in or can you like once you put it in, will it just download from that point on? Because putting the disc in was too fucking difficult <laughs> later. And you and I were like, what is wrong with you? Awesome. Hey man, no problems. Tell your wife hello. We were not teasing you, though technically. You may fit within the group we were teasing. <laughs> we'll just say it that way. That's awesome. I'm I'm glad he I'm glad he responded back and didn't hate us. Yeah, right. Like we like to tease. We we fucking cook people up, and so you can tell we're kidding, but you never know how someone's oh, gonna yeah. receive it. True, exactly. Sitting right there because yeah, we did berate Scott, but Scott's a good sport. Thank you, Scott. You, yeah, yeah, you are. Now go on a walk. All right, Mad Shibs <laughs> is up next, exactly. boys. If a wiener is just a tube of pork and beef paste, is an imitation crab just a fish wiener? And does that make California rolls a fish hot dog? Yeah, I think all that's actually true. I would go with all that. <laughs> I thought you were going to get an argument out of that one. <laughs> nah, no, because spam is like face meat from a pig. So at some point, breaking it down to its most grotesque sounding works for me. Hot dogs. Yeah. What are hot dogs? They're just, yeah, they're mostly face meat and like, the, the leavings 
I think is they're that they're, they're one of the few foods that have that as you get more of the backstory on you're like that's fucking gross man <laughs> like, you find a knuckle in it when you bite into it or whatever <laughs> oh. yeah that, dude have you had spam because oh. i love spam and i'll eat the shit out of spam man i'll fry up spam but Hell whenever no. whenever anybody tries to talk to me about it i'm like dude i we can't we can't continue yeah we just gotta pretend because it's so gross yeah yeah it's gross what did he call meat what did he call a hot dog a meat what a, a, a wiener is a tube of pork and beef paste. So imitation yeah. crab is just a fish wiener. A fish wiener. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we looked up uh, for those of you who cross over and listen to ham radio. We did write. Well, we, we, we did him. dive into the, the lore, if you will, of imitation crab. And we learned that it is a fish paste uh, created from deboned fish. And it has crab extract injected into it to create the flavoring. And it is fucking nasty sounding. And I was, I was flexing my California rolls. So I don't, yeah, I guess, yeah, you could, you could argue that. I think this is a sound one. California roll could be a fish hot dog. Although if it's got imitation crab in it, then it is a fake fish hot dog. Just keep that. That's true. That's true. Yeah. All right, we decided to do six because, like I said, news was slow this week. We only got four items today, so let's get into number one. The first two, pretty exciting stuff. After that, just some additional stuff that you might find interesting. Number one, an update on Everwild and Perfect Dark. GamesIndustry.biz editor Christopher Dring recently said on the Video Games Chronicle podcast on April 9th, 2021, that some of Microsoft's upcoming games are far away. I've had few conversations with friends at Xbox Game Studios and those games they announced, Everwild, Perfect Dark, Fable, are far away as in they might even be in a new Xbox by the time these games come out. When you look at the Hideo Kojima stuff, you wonder if they are signing third parties in the moment because they don't have a lineup of big exclusives at all. So we'll talk about that separately in a second because this came through an article I saw on Video Games uh, or Windows Gaming Central, sorry. And so I wanted to also add in a little thing that Jez Corden had teased. Jez said that uh, folks shouldn't count out Xbox game publishing either using a swirling emoji. Quote, I don't want to share more details and spoil upcoming reveals for the devs or fans, but this one in particular sounds extremely promising, set in what sounds like an ambitious, connected world. Microsoft isn't done there either. The above game could be revealed this year or perhaps next year, depending on how development goes. Beyond that, I've been made aware of not one, but at least three additional games being prototyped by Xbox publishing partner studios of a high caliber. None of these are the rumored game Microsoft may be working on with Kojima either. So that would total up to four. Many of these games may not emerge from the prototyping stage, as is often in this case in the industry, but each sounds impressive in its own right, crossing a diverse range of genres and settings. And of course, they'll all hit Xbox Series S, X, PC, and platforms that support Game Pass. I will note that I am aware of what this game Jez is talking about is, and I, it's not like I don't want to be that that guy who's like I know it and I'm not going to say it, but I just don't feel comfortable being the one who does it. I'll 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 add more if someone else feels like ruining someone's big surprise, but it does. I'll just add on to what Jez said and I'll say it sounds really unique. It sounds really really unique, and I think people are going to be stoked when they see it, but. I don't want to add more than that because I was when I was told I was specifically told not to say anything about what the game is. So I will respect that. Let's talk about games that are far off though that we do know about. Everwild, Perfect Dark, Fable, a new Xbox, as in probably a mid-gen refresh. Just a little scoop there, maybe. But 
I thought Fable was a little bit closer. I thought Fable was maybe next year. What's your read on some of these games that, that Xbox has announced very far in advance? Ever while we've been hearing about for a while. Fable was leaked and rumored for a while. Now it's out there in the wild. Pardon the pun. And uh, Perfect Dark is assuming, assumed to be very far off. So what, what, do you, what do you make of the landscape there? That person's dead wrong about one of them. De like legitimately for sure factually wrong. I have no issues saying that. Um, saying that it's out like at a, another Xbox release or something like that, that's factually completely wrong on one of those games that that you listed the like not a hidden you can't game. say what right because i think i have an idea but I can, yeah no but i mean I I you an can there's a way to there's a way to know what i mean it's not even that hard to like figure out Fable. but i mean they've <laughs> already shown some stuff for some of these and the idea that it's far out unless something happened in the last week where like you know something development house happened or whatever yeah, yeah that it's factually wrong the thing about Microsoft and uh, I don't know what that person was even saying now that I think about it, because those are just some of the games Microsoft's announced. So it, mm -hmm. I don't know what they mean because they're wrong on one of them. And then there's other games that haven't been announced yet that we know are past prototyping. So like, I don't exactly know why they even said anything. Were they just trying to say, don't expect every one of these games? this year or something i'm like i'm a little confused on what that tweet or what whoever this was who was talking i'll give my take i believe that everwild and perfect dark are far off i think perfect dark is the furthest off i think everwild is not close but it's closer than perfect dark and i think fable i can't fathom why fable would not be within the next year or so it doesn't make sense uh, just based off the, 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 the development of this game had started. I'm, I'm going to find it right now, but it started in the beginning of 2018 or I want to say the, the end of last year. But I mean, what was the context in this discussion, Maddie? Because I don't understand. It's almost like somebody saying some things may not happen when you think. Do you know why? The, I'll what the context the again. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Just one more time for me. So I can figure no, out no, the you're context. Fine. I think it's good for the audience too, because it can get lost in the, our conversation afterwards. I've had a few conversations with friends at Xbox Game Studios, and those games they announced, Everwild, Perfect Dark, Fable, are so far away, as in they might even might even be in a new Xbox by the time these games come out. I see. When you look at the Hideo Kojima stuff, you wonder if they are signing third parties in the moment because they don't have a lineup of big exclusives at all. So I think he's combining what he heard with the rumor of Hideo where Xbox, sure. we already know we're seeing them attack the third party. Right. So makes sense. And, and that completely makes sense that some games will take longer than others, but if, unless something has completely changed, at least one of those is absolutely wrong. So as in another system, a future system, like that just doesn't even make sense. You're talking 2025. I can't imagine a mid-gen refresh anymore. And I could be wrong on that. I just can't imagine it because people barely have the, the new system and they're not fully producing it and putting it on shelves as it stands. And, they won't and that may not start till next year. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so at that point, I can't help but look at that and think, well, then the mid-gen refresh may not even be necessary to a certain point in time until much later compared to prior console cycles. I'm just trying to find trying to find when exactly the Fable re reboot started development. B 
because all I'm finding is the first report came from Eurogamer at the beginning of 2018, January 2018. But outside of that, I mean, I, I believe it got leaked beforehand. But still, regardless, I, I don't think that one's as far off. That's my guess based off what we know. So yeah, just wanted to throw it out there. Some updates on some Xbox Game Studios games. I think he's absolutely stuff. right, though, on the... Um... Well, it's not that he's right, because, I mean, this is something that's been known for two years, but Microsoft is embracing third party to fulfill gaps in their first party. And those gaps will be filled prior to Sony's. So we talked, you and I have talked about this prior to the Xbox podcast even starting, but we were mm -hmm. talking about like just how you leapfrog competition and how it can appear like one group is hitting on all cylinders because the other, the other racer hasn't shifted into that gear yet. And it's like... It, it, it depends on who's releasing what and when those companies have put together their development teams. And if you do a Horizon Zero Dawn, then Horizon Zero Dawn 2 is how many years out, right? Like three or four, mm -hmm. you know, you sort of do that. And what will happen is the three or four years that these two companies are releasing stuff, they're going to offset a little bit. So it is going to appear like some of these games are going to be coming and there's not going to be an answer from another company. That's going to happen for sure. Where, you know, a fable may come out and people be like, oh my God, Sony is not releasing blah, blah, blah. Or Horizon Zero Dawn 2, you know, depending yeah. on if that is delayed or not. Yeah, so Rare revealed Everwild in November of 2019. So yeah, that game, I could totally see that being further off for sure. And then Perfect Dark naturally being very far Did off. Rare show video game? Did they show They game? just did. No, they just CGI? did CGI. Yep. They did Perfect CGI Dark. twice. It is CGI twice. Yeah. Perfect Dark was CGI in the, the Game Awards last year. So, so. yeah, and you gotta take so you gotta take Phil and wonder what he's what his plans are, because Phil has stated very clearly that he feels that some games are announced too soon and that this mm -hmm. was a full year prior to any of these being shown. So it's like, is yeah. he just going back on his word? Or <laughs> are things farther? You know, which is fine, but I think we all hope that's not true. You know, you, I think we can all agree it's better to say this game's out in two years than this game is a CGI and it could be out in five. Yeah, I think the pandemic may have thrown a couple that's of these true. for, for yeah, pandemic for, uh, did, a ride, it did, but It did for sure. Yeah. You know, that's why I, I, I've been a pretty stern believer that Fable's a, a late 2022 game. I think that makes sense as a holiday window game for them especially with just how development's timed out and how long it's been worked on for and you throw the pandemic in the mix i think that yeah late 20 i think also that. maddie one thing people need to remember is if they let's say they were thinking of a refresh if they can't get hardware which means they can't design which means they can't plan for a refresh those development teams are working on the current games quicker yep meaning if you're not doing a port for your next next gen because that would be three mm -hmm. gens that would be your Xbox original. No, that would be four, technically, wouldn't it? Your original, your the, X, the S, X yeah. your Series S, and your Series X. Yeah. So then what happens is those devs, they're pushed out, which then you don't fire them. Like, we mm. we hope no one does. Those people will then work on the games that are, that are currently coming out more quickly. And I think Microsoft works so much remotely. I don't know. I do know that COVID hit a couple of them because I have, you know, friends who work in other divisions where COVID hit and it affected yep. them. So, um, but I think maybe less than some companies. Right on. Well, we'll see. Um, E3 is right around the corner, so we'll get some updates soon. E3 is going to be tremendous. Can't wait. Yeah. 
I think Xbox is going to push a couple of announcements early, but I also think that some of the things we've known about for a while, we're going to see more on. That seems to be the case. And just to tack on for the end of the conversation, you know, th this is why Game Pass is going to be so crucial for them. We have a question about this later in the show, I believe, but I'll just say it now that, you know, Right now, that the reason Xbox looks like they're leading so strong is because we don't have exclusives on really either end coming out. You know, we have Returnal coming soon. We had Demon Souls remake. We had the Medium. Uh, so it's been slow going, no matter which way you slice it up. And that's why you're going to see Xbox attack those games that uh, not in an exclusive capacity, but they're going to bring you to their platform by saying you can get them cheaper here. And then yeah, they're going to be those games that they strike third party deals on for exclusivity to fill in those gaps. So just keep those expectations in check. And by the way, I'm sure PlayStation will do the same thing. Like we already saw them get for spoken from Square Enix. Number two, it's a slow news week. So how about a delicious leak? Persona 5 Royal is rumored to be coming to Xbox and PC soon. We've heard murmuring of this for many weeks now. And normally we only talk rumors from more, we'd say verified sources in the industry, but this was too juicy to keep up the show, given hours and the audience's hunger for it. A Twitter account going by the handle of at crazy leaks train, who given their name only pops out when there's something to leak had posted about the beloved JRPG persona five Royal will be arriving on both PC and Xbox with it on game pass at launch states, the leaker. Now for the interesting part, this account correctly leaked the Epic game store exclusive debut of kingdom hearts on PC, the ninja Gaiden trilogy remaster, and Neo 2 getting a PC port along with its collection. So there is a track record here. Now, I've mentioned this quote in the past. I think it's relevant once more. So I'm going to bring it up in the reference of Persona. Sega CEO Haruki Satomi had the following to say after Persona 4 Golden Steam release. Quote, as for Steam, while we haven't been actively releasing Atlas titles on PC, we felt there was much potential there and put out a direct port of Persona 4 Golden for PC and the user response was far beyond our expectation, Satomi says. That being said, we hope to release Atlas catalog titles across various platforms, whether as direct ports or in the form of remasters or remakes, end quote. We have Shimigami Tensei Nocturne um, that's coming soon as a remaster re-release. And that's on every platform except Xbox, sadly. So I, I do remember someone called for, for uh, Persona on Xbox and Phil said, I hear you. And I do know I've been told that with Yakuza's Game Pass numbers that this was the last one Phil wanted to get. Not the last one is in the final one, but this was the, the JRPG that Phil wanted to get on Xbox next because Sega seeing the, the power of Game Pass, the numbers that they're getting, you know, thousands and thousands of downloads. Yakuza is more popular than ever now. And they're sort of using that to leverage and say, like, bring Persona to Xbox now because you have Dragon Quest there. You've got Final Fantasy, some of the older Final Fantasy titles there. You've got Yakuza and they want to bring Persona there next. So I know it's something that they desire to and I imagine it's going to happen. Um, it's just really a matter of when. Uh, what do you make of, of this leak where it's not Persona 5, which you can get on the PS Plus collection, um, but it's Persona 5 Royal, the re-release, uh, and it coming to PC and Xbox with a Game Pass launch, perhaps. Do you uh, do you buy in a little bit here, Carrick? Yeah, sure. I, I, uh, especially in the last couple of weeks, there's been some rumors about some pretty massive changes in the industry, and I would say Game Pass is mentioned in like ninety percent of them, <laughs> if not a hundred. It, it's uh, 
even if it's a company saying, well, if it you don't have Game Pass, what do we do? Or what can you offer that's like Game Pass? Sega, by the way, is pretty trendy in how they handle money management and where they put their titles. They're not going to sit on anything. They're not a company that's big enough to sit on something for a moral reason or a, a, a rainy old day, platform reason. You know. There's no no chance in a million years that that's not even them, and there it shouldn't be them. Except really, for a Sonic right? Adventure like, remake, it, it, they're fucking sitting on that one. <laughs> they are planted <laughs> firmly on that shit. Holy fuck! <laughs> the the idea that they looked at we know because they mentioned it quickly that uh, Yakuza did well. They mentioned it quickly, like they were celebrating, like a fan was celebrating, which to me indicates instantly you look at other things. They're not stupid, mm. man. It just makes no sense to hold back on that. And Game Pass is now on PC as well. I also do know that when you're looking at these patches for improved games, I don't know if you saw, but Near Automata is getting that patch onto Steam. Yes. Which I think is pretty cool. They're getting the improvements. But I can tell you that these companies look and they're like, Microsoft wants to improve Game Pass on PC as well. Very much so. And the idea that these companies are like, hey, man, we can get this on everything and we can get Game Pass numbers to help us out. Mm -hmm. Say, by the way, Sega is one of the small number of companies that we're hearing about. You know, my name's already been dropped on the other stuff <laughs> I talked about, which, by the way, I firmly 100% stand behind, even even more so today. But I will say that, like with Sega, Bandai, Namco, those companies, they look at like Game Pass as a completely different bird. Than has ever existed. How couldn't in you, man? Games. I mean, that, that the biggest issue with, with with I think Japanese games is exposure, oftentimes, and this is an exposure machine. It is. It's an exposure machine. Look at dude, Square. Sorry, the game doesn't run very well. I'm just going to be brutally honest. Outriders isn't. It, it's a technical disaster. <laughs> that game. That game is doing gangbusters. Yeah, it's doing so. And <laughs> it is. It is solely, dude. It's so crazy. How much it's Xbox. It's and and Game Pass. It mm -hmm. every company is looking at that, and I can tell you they're gonna rewrite battle lines because it only makes sense to it if you're a company, it only makes sense to say, let's do this. I think a Yosef, um, what's his name? The guy who did Joseph it takes Ferris, two. Yeah. Is it Yosef? Oh, or I'm sorry, I Joseph. thought it was Yosef. I, I, I'm sorry, I might be Americanizing it. N no worries. Sometimes it's silent, but uh whichever. I think a guy like that, um, you know, you in the past you had Kashima, the a couple of crazy creators that do their own thing. Those guys stick to party lines sometimes, including the dead or alive creator sticking to Xbox for a long time, mm -hmm. uh, whatever his name was, the, the crazy one who stuck to Xbox for a long time. Um, but now, man, nah, nah, no way. The companies are just going like, let's do it. Like they, it's just. Let's figure it out. And Sega saw what a re-release can do, let alone a day and date in the future, what that can do. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a no-doubter. It'll happen. And more companies will continue to bring stuff to this because it's... What do you want to see from that one? The Royale version? Royal, yep. Absolutely. It's quality of life uh, enhancements are... make it, it makes Persona 5 look like a bad game, and that's really hard to do. Like I just don't know how else to word it. It it is, hundred percent one of my favorite games of all time. Persona Five Royal. Why you mean? Because it fixes the. It doesn't even the, fix things. That's the thing. The Persona working. Five on its own, you could literally go play and go. That was an amazing game. But then you play Royal, and they just tweak a lot of the right things. They add different right. aspects to the game. The story additions they make literally change the whole game, and that's no hyperbole. It's just it's fucking amazing, and so. 
that's the big deal here to me is getting Royal because I thought it was kind of weak when I saw PS plus collection put persona five in there, because if you've played Royal, you know, like it's definitively better. I, I think there's mm -hmm. no argument that mm -hmm. you can possibly make to say, here's why five is better. You cannot, maybe people like some of the, I'd say the ending for five better than, than Royal. I don't not even close. I think it's really hard to argue. So seeing PlayStation pull that punch on their PS plus collection and then being able to say, Hey, on game pass, we've got Royal. That would be gigantic. It's really only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. I don't know when. I have not been told when, but it's absolutely a matter of time for, for Atlas to bring that bad boy over. I will speculate. I think they will start with Persona 4 Golden because that port is already done on PC. And I think some of the button mapping for an Xbox controller is already complete. And perhaps that eases the process of putting it on Xbox a little bit more. But yeah, I, I think more Persona games will make their way to Xbox. There is the 25th anniversary this year. I'm going to remind everyone of that. Last time we talked about Persona, I brought it up. There is the, the 25th anniversary this year. So just know that uh, Persona is going to be doing a bit of a celebration this fall. Be there or be square. Number three, Age of Empires 4, published by Xbox Game Studios and developed by both World's Edge and Relic, arrives fall 2021 and will be released on Xbox Game Pass for PC day one. Currently, the game will only be released on PC. And while developers haven't ruled out a console version just yet, it does not seem likely to happen. So just a little snippet there. John O is our first write in on this. Hello, Centaur Carrick and Nickelback Maddie. First, I'd like to say thank you to Maddie for taking my question on DD Ultimate. I truly appreciate you taking the time to give such a detailed answer for all the games you thought were underrated. I have a lot to go through. That's my pleasure, John. Thank you for writing in. My question is, do you think we will see a resurgence of the RTS genre? Will Microsoft pub with sorry Microsoft publishing a new Age of Empires game as well as doing incredible remasters of Age of Empire one to three? Do you think we can finally see more story-driven RTS games? My first games were games like StarCraft, Warcraft three, AOE, etc. I would like to see these types of games come back. Thank you, and have a type of day you would have arguing with fanboys. Love you guys. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate that, John. Um, so I'm not a big RTS guy, not because I don't like it, but I think of, um, was it called Star Wars Galaxies? Was that the one that was this RTS where Empire at War? Was that it? Empire at that, War. That game's fucking mm -hmm. awesome. Great game. But you know why it was great? Because if you go and look at it, Maddie, I, I swear to you, this is not a bullshit comparison. It's the League of Legends of, of Star Wars RTS. And what I mean by that is it's a little bit like Halo Wars. It does not have a high number of units. It's got a good number of units, but it is nowhere near as high as an Age of Empires or something crazy with thousands of units. So when he's talking about, will we see a resurgence of RTS? I personally believe that people are more focused on customization of their of, of a couple versus hammering out a million. And I think RTS easily will do well. I just see them more as Halo Wars mm. than I do Age okay. of Empires bringing back a ton of these. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how popular these games are. There was a lot of Either do a I. lot of excitement online. Are you like an RTS guy at all outside of what we've talked I about? I used to be, but they just dis they die. I mean, they disappeared, mm -hmm. or they translated into Halo Wars and Empire at War and Empire Earth, one of the best RTS games ever made. Um, those were the last ones. Sudden Strike, uh, one through four, uh, with four being a little bit more quality of life than mm -hmm. it probably should have been. But yeah, I mean, I like them, but dude, it's hard. You're looking down at the 80th tank you've made. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It's hard. It's like where with Halo Wars, I don't know about you, but like 
when I had a warthog, it felt like it was my warthog. When I had some guys, they were my guys. It mm -hmm. wasn't like a thousand guys. And I, I, I'm just wondering if that's a current thing right now. It could be. Is Stellaris? That's not RTS, right? So Stellaris is a 4X, you know, the strat, mm -hmm. uh, whatever it is, the SSSS. Yeah, four, no, 4X, sorry, not S's, 4X's, <laughs> like expand, blah, blah, ex you know. I don't even remember what they stand for anymore because they've changed so much, but Stellaris yeah. is that, turn-based. Because I'm trying to remember, there was a Paradox Space game, and maybe I'm just mixing that up with 4X as well. Space game. Um, oh my God, it's going to bug me. It was like the third entry. There's a Warhammer one, but I don't Warhammer. know if it was Paradox. But because they have Warhammer on their game store right now, and they have so much fucking DLC that I'm just like, uh, dude, I know. I'm tabbing know. through expansions. I'm going to find it, though. I know I'm going to find it. Yeah, they have a Europa Universalis 4. Universalis. Yeah, or Salis. Yeah, Salis. Yeah, sorry. I misread that. Age of no, Wonders. No, it's all right. I, I don't even know if I'm right. No, you... Age of Wonders, admittedly, is, but that's also turn based. Warlock, Ancient Space. My God, they do a lot of DLC. This is fucking wild. No wonder they have a subscription Paradox. service for this. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Isn't it weird, too? I don't know if you think it's weird, but I think it's weird that Paradox is one of the first companies to really fully go in with Game Pass because they just don't mm -hmm. seem like that kind of company. So the idea that they went full in was really strange. I can't find it. I'm, I might give up. Can't find it? Can't find it. This is going to bug me. Yep, can't find it. That sucks. I don't know what game it was, man. Second question comes from ba Brad Fabre. Hey, fellas. Hope all is well. By the way, let me know if I mispronounced your last name. First time writing into Duke. So my question is simple. Did you guys watch the fan preview of Age of Empires 4? I can't help but be super excited for this game. I know Relic will do a great job with their track record. I can't see how this could fail. Just curious. What's your thoughts and opinions on this title? Thanks. Have a great day and take care. So... I'll say this. I think the remasters are working because I didn't know about this series and then I'm hearing about it now. Yeah, sure. But otherwise, yeah. I didn't tune into the fan event. Me neither. So sorry, Brad. I love Age of Empires, by the way, but I'm going to wait until it's like a day out and then start. Because it's it's Age of Empires. It's not a story mystery. Yeah. You're not going to be like, who killed the king? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, mm -hmm. you know what the game is. And uh, I'm excited to play it, but I'm not excited to really watch events. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So nothing more we can add on in there. But number four, final bit of news here. This is pretty interesting. Epic has fought to gain market share from Steam via big exclusive gets since entering the PC market a number of years ago. In a report by GamesIndustry.biz, Epic Games spent $444 million in 2020 on free games and exclusivity deals. One such example is in 2019 when we learned that Control was secured for $10 million to be exclusive to the Epic Game Store. Epic Games CEO Tim Sweeney responded directly to these stats and confirmed that the numbers are correct. However, he has an optimistic point of view on it. Quote, that's right. And it has proven to be a fantastic success in reaching gamers with great games and a fantastic investment into growing the business. End quote, showcasing his own set of stats, such as $700 million spent on the Epic Games Store, $265 million spent by players on third-party games on PC for the Epic Games Store, 160 million plus customers, and 749 million free games claimed. Tim follows up by saying, quote, Apple spins this as losing money, but spending now in order to build a great profitable business in the future is exactly what investment is. It's equally true when you're building, uh, whether you're building a factory, a store, or a game, end quote. 
Epic as a whole generated $3.85 billion in revenue with $154 billion in gross profit, mostly thanks to the colossal Fortnite. So they're doing just fine. $330 million isn't going to be a, uh, or I'm sorry, $440 million, whatever the number is, is not going to be a, a major dent for them. But I just wanted to, to add this in here because we are also a PC show and um, just let people know that, that <laughs> Epic Game Store is likely going to be sticking around for a while, even though... A lot of people are not big fans of it or its exclusive deals. Some have just sort of accepted it. Where do you sit on Epic now? Is it like, cause I know there's a little bit of saltiness with this one. It is a lot of money. Mm. I will say I like that. Uh, unlike most CEOs, I don't know of another CEO that'd be like, yeah, those numbers are right. Dude, admittedly, you gotta, you gotta say like, and he's responded to YouTubers, including myself. When I, when I was like, dude, blah, blah, blah. I said something. I can't remember, but he's like, actually, no, admittedly, I don't have to agree with him. What I'm saying is he engaged, which was pretty interesting. He engaged um, Linux or Linux or whatever, mm -hmm. Linus from Tech, Tip, from Tech Tips. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, he's right. It's building a business. Yeah, I don't know when you ever can sink in so that for the long term you gain. Like, I don't know anyone who's done it safely. Like, you know, they've remained in the profit while investing. Because, like, for example, I, I've said this time and time out. I think of Xbox as a good example of maybe they're investing on game pass as a loss, but I think Xbox as a brand overall with their, their digital sales and everything is, is extremely profitable. So like they're technically losing on game pass, but they're gaining as a brand in general. I found the game, by the way, I actually signed into my steam library to find it. Galactic oh, civilizations, three galactic civilizations, three, by the way, Glad you mentioned that one of the greatest games of all time, but not real time strategy. It is turn based. Yep. Four X. It says, yeah, yeah, it is awesome. One of the best ship creators ever made amazing steam workshop. We uh, had a discord group like game about three months ago of that game. Uh, just awesome looking. You can get mods for Star Wars, Star Trek, Babylon five in, and just throw in your Star Wars and Star Trek uh, ships. I will also say of all this, I didn't care anything about what Epic said. I was more interested that it was only a $10 million get for control being exclusive and i think people need to remember that how much a game costs to be exclusive that is not as much as i think a lot of people assume 10 yeah. million dollars that was at the start uh, that of it was all pretty too. low mm -hmm. where yeah. i think prices were I, I, higher. I just assumed it was more i just assumed it was more so. yeah and that's been around for a while because mm -hmm. i remember we talked about it on the ham radio podcast at one point but yeah, because I, I, I think you could say that the numbers have only gone down because it's become more relevant for companies. But I also feel like it's gone. It could you could argue it's gone up the price that these companies have to pay, maybe because of the timing of things. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Big gets on something like Game Pass could be a little bit more pricey than usual because maybe Xbox needs that more than a company says they need them. But that might just be me overthinking it. Still, good numbers to have. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Good numbers because we just don't get those kind of numbers mm -hmm. from any. How many times have we been like, how much did Game Pass have to pay? Or, you know, what's the deal Game Pass had? And they're like, control cost us 10 million. You're like, all right, that's pretty yeah, cool. I, <laughs> I, I would love it, it, to. I mean, that's awesome. To get like a, a dev wouldn't know, but someone who's released a game on Game Pass, I would love to get them on and talk to them on this show uh, or Duke Ultimate just about like, hey, what's the. You know, we got to get into numbers. What's the process like? You know, how did it go? Go for the you? Ashen guys were on my podcast and they knew. And then that deal fell through right at the last Ooh. minute. And they ended up uh, going with Epic, I 
think it, it it was a disaster. It was like supposed to be exclusive on Xbox, and then like the Anarupa ended up getting Epic paid more. So I don't remember how it happened, mm. but they did at one time know how much it was, and they seemed very happy with it at the time. Yeah. I guess it depends on your budget, right? If it cost me 50000 to make a game and they're like, here's a million, I'd be like, well, fuck. Right. <laughs> like, okay. Right. And, and that's the thing, Maddie, is that's one thing I think, I don't know how Game Pass works, but I would say smaller companies do have a chance of Game Pass wanting them if they do something unique. Like that fishing game we saw on the mm-hmm. uh, Xbox Indie. Like something like that, I could see Microsoft saying, hey, listen, you know, we're not giving you $10 million, but that's a pretty cool idea. We, you know, we want you to be here. So can we help you or, and that's another thing, help. Like what kind of help do you get in support on the back end? Because I don't know if you've heard, but some devs will bitch about the different stores. Like Steam is more difficult for this. Certification for consoles is really Mm -hmm. hard for this. So maybe they get those kind of assistance to where a single dev or those two people who were making their own game, it's just two people. What if they are like, oh my God, this is going to save us a ton of money because it makes these three steps easier. So Epic may start doing that. Hopefully they do because they don't offer a lot. Not only that, but I think of they don't of when in exile. This is a little bit different because they were purchased by Xbox. But when when they join Xbox, they they said that Wasteland Three was not going to be fully voice acted right un- until yeah. Xbox came into the picture and they helped them fix a lot of things. Obviously, the game came out a little buggy. But you what's know. the sales for that game? I hope good. <laughs> I really do. But we don't no, know. I didn't see we don't know how. Wa- double check, but so we don't even know how Wasteland Three did. See that bothers me a little bit because it's not data I have to one have. One million and I'm players, not but that's with Game Pass. It had a fig campaign as well, so yeah, it just only one all we know is it's reached a million players, but that's with Game Pass, man. So let's do something though. Let's say that it sold. One fourth of that, so two hundred fifty thousand copies. Would that be if two hundred fifty thousand copies? Would that have been considered a, a success for Wasteland Three? I think. Here's the thing. I'm trying. I've been trying to learn about this more and more. It's clear as day when you have these top-down games. You don't have to be as meticulous with detail for close-up objects because you're kind of bird in the sky. So absolutely, asset creation's cheaper. You don't need to fully animate everyone to this, once again, meticulous detail. Animations are good, but a reload right. compared to seeing the clip pop out and like put it in and yeah. pull it back instead of just a hand motion and it happens, it's almost like the motion can sell it. So those types of things cut down time and cost. This game was crowdfunded, so we can get a good idea on how much it costs them at its base value. Like I said, there was a fig campaign, but I would say that this game may not have been profitable, but... I think the three probably hurts it a lot. I, I No one I know is like really interested in hopping into the third of anything for the first time. True that. So right. I think that hurts them a little bit more. Um, cause, you know, One million players, it's a little soft. It's a little soft. I, I expected more than that. And it deserves, by the way. I'm saying that because it deserves more than that. Okay. So another question. So that's Wasteland 3, but the same game in the same vein as XCOM. Like how many did XCOM 2 chosen war cell which is the expansion that's take two but it's like if you if we can find i mean if if that's in the five hundred thousand or something area then i would assume they are making money like the only way to find figure this out is to compare another game and see what you know how good that one did like it's impossible to really track hmm i can't find it for a war of the chosen but xcom sales XCOM sold over 500,000 copies on Steam within its first week of release. <laughs> yeah, see, that's a sales, bl- that's a blockbuster for 
that's a legit. But that dude, XCOM, like, there's a magic to that series, man. Like the fact that we only got two. No, I know. Fucking I'm, good. Like, oh, yeah, love XCOM. I'm just trying to figure out if there's even like if you just went to one fourth and said a fourth of those million were sales, two hundred fifty thousand, would that be considered? Because I think XCOM probably costs more to make than Wasteland, but I could be wrong. I give them like, credit. Take two. The fact that they haven't. That's a popular series, and the fact that there's only three technically with Chimera yeah, Squad right. but like yeah. the fact that that's not like overdone is kind of surprising right it's a good point it's a good point like they haven't like the idea that they haven't milked that to all get out mm -hmm. kind of thing mm -hmm. and just been like this they shouldn't they have like NBA 2K so they really shouldn't need to but hey you know well hopefully Wasteland 3 is profitable I think art style I meant to say this I think art style is a major thing like I feel you can slash your budget completely in half if you take a you make a 16-bit game. I think that's a huge difference maker there as well. Like something such yeah, as Octopath Traveler, I bet that was like mega profit because you you gotta think of it this way, right? So it's made in Unreal Engine 4, but 16-bit art. They were even minimalistic on a lot of the animations for attacks and good music, decent sized game, not really voice acted fully. I mean it was traditional in a lot of ways and it sold 2 million plus copies plus game pass now where I'm imagining it's selling a little bit more and I'm sure uh, they made money off of that. So I think that was like a mega profit game. I can't imagine it not being. Yeah, it might've been, I mean, it makes sense that it probably was. It's just, it's hard to know because you never know like what was sunk into it. I just have this weird feeling in exile doesn't, they get they make their stuff for a good price. They have to. What they've I, been doing Bard's Tale right? and Wasteland. 3. Bard's Tale, that's the game I was gonna mention. Yeah, Bard's Tale. It's like, and by the way, Bard's Tale had some glitches here and there, but Bard's Tale was actually a really good game. And so, but it's like, how much did that cost? And they they they're almost like, I'm not meaning this to hurt anybody, but if you think about it in a weird way, it's like Bethesda, Obsidian, in Exile, mm -hmm. it, in a weird right and. It seems like that's sort of the way it also works for cost to me and what I get from them. Yeah. And I feel like in exile doesn't need to sell as many to do well. And even what's his name has talked about it before on Twitter. He's talked about like they, they do a good job on, on uh, finance. Brian, right? Brian Farner, right? Everything. Uh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I like him a lot. He's very open to fans, mm -hmm. very open to giving answers. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by St. James Iced Tea, a new line of organic, flavor-packed iced tea with only 0 to 4 grams of sugar, naturally occurring antioxidants, and a caffeine amount equivalent to only a half a cup of coffee. Discover six flavors, all organic and packaged for minimal environmental impact. Buy now on Amazon and use code TEAPARTY20 for 20% off. Number five, in Microsoft, not gaming-related news, they have made another big purchase that people want to hear oh, about. Yeah. 
This time, they have acquired Nuance for the price of $19.7 billion, according to the write-up on Microsoft News blog. Microsoft has accelerated its efforts to provide industry-specific cloud offerings to support customers and partners as they respond to disruption and new opportunities. These efforts include Microsoft Cloud for Healthcare, introduced in 2020, which aims to address the comprehensive needs of the rapidly transforming and growing healthcare industry. Jake Williams writes in, Hey, Maddie and Carrick, Microsoft purchased, purchased Nuance for roughly $20 billion on Monday. This is one of many big acquisitions Microsoft has made in the last five years, including LinkedIn, which I didn't know about this, for $26 billion, and ZeniMax for $7.5 billion, which, by the way, this now makes that purchase look like dwarfed. That's how big these yeah. purchases yeah. are. With Microsoft seemingly having endless funds to buy whatever they want, do you think we could see them buying more companies that are more tailored to gaming like they did with ZeniMax in the future? Thanks for the awful podcast. I'm going to say if they had this new initiative that started last year and they've invested like $20 million into that as a part of it, even if it's like a subsect of it. Yeah, they're, I might be wrong about what I said about them being done because like that, like I said, it 7.5 billion is a fuck ton of money. But when you're spending 20 billion, 26 billion, I mean, that makes that 7.5 look almost like chump change to an extent, man. Like that's, well, we're about to spend 20 here. You're seven and a half over here. And if you get Warner Bros. games, that was like a rumor for a while, get Focus Home for like yeah. four or five billion, like, well, you know. Focus Home would be a get of all gets. Yeah. Right? So you grab something like that for even less than that. I could totally see Microsoft flicking them the checkbook for that. Just be like, here you go, Phil. Go get what you want, man. You've earned it. <laughs> like, I just... I think also hmm. people forget the purchases that aren't the big um, stuff. I think, with, especially with games, you're going to start seeing more IPs purchased directly where the IP is purchased by Microsoft. So because Jez were, and I were talking about Konami, he's like, well, I don't see it. And I'm like, well, that's because history is not what we're making right now. Hmm. <laughs> like, Or history is not what we're repeating. It's what we're making right now. And it's what I think like Microsoft is doing. They're doing different things people aren't expecting. And the idea of them going internal for some stuff is there. External for other things is for sure there. Nuance, as as somebody who uses their Azure stuff behind the scenes and has been testing out all of their voice-to-text and text-to-voice for some other things I've got going on, I've been stunned, stunned mm -hmm. at the quality. Beyond belief. Not even basically a, a human. I mean, cannot tell that they aren't real people Scary. doing their AI, <laughs> and that's Scary. They have flow. Do you know? Do you ever watch the insurance commercials uh, where yeah. the chick, the yeah, red hair shit? They have, yes, they have basically digitalized Flo's voice. Oh, no. And it is haunting. Like, you can, you, I was just sitting there going, that's not her? What? Like, that's how good it is. And that's because they're using cloud, they're using all this. They're going there. I think a lot of their income will be outside of games like business and. You know, right. Like they said medical is huge. And people don't realize that Microsoft doesn't seem to have an issue just bouncing that money around. It's like, oh, if we need to, if we're doing well here, then give these guys money. And I think once Phil talked to, what's his name? I can't Sat remember his name. Apologize. Yeah. Yeah. I think once they all like talk, that's sort of like, okay, you're under the umbrella now. And if you need money to do something crazy, it's obvious they will. Because LinkedIn gave them nothing. What did LinkedIn give anybody? I didn't even like, fucking honestly, know Microsoft owned them, man. Like people, people no, slammed them for Skype, did, but no I was one... like, what? Right. At least they did something with but Skype. But nobody even, 
Yeah, right. Yeah, they effectively destroyed it. But that's a, that's the <laughs> thing. Like Microsoft bought. I remember when they bought them, and people were like, "You bought fucking that's like buying MySpace. Like, what are you doing? Where Microsoft has it's not it's not bullshit money, but they do. It's it's like it's it's like Quest money." They sort of see what happens by owning it. I was gonna and say then, that. Yeah, it seems like they 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 almost want to like different pull style. off the lid and look around as much as they can, and so they yeah. do so by saying and they're then gonna grab buy it, it and move it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like you buying a car because you want to see if the car is good. Mm -hmm. Where most of us would go and check to see if the car is good first. Yeah. Microsoft buys all the cars on the lot and then test drives them all. And some of them it resells, and some yeah, of them yeah. They're like, let's see how this one crashes, from. and he just blows a Lamborghini through a Dude, wall. He's like, it's all right, so not weird. <laughs> Go look at their list of purchases, like yeah. that, and that's why I think gaming is actually way behind. Bethesda was big, but it was nowhere near as big as that. And then the you know yesterday when they announced this, you look at that number and you're like, oh, mm. I yep. see, because no one's thinking that was a purchase to be made. They were a hot No, most yeah, people besides me <laughs> and a couple others wouldn't even know who Nuance was. Yeah. And when you look at Ivona, which was also text to speech and all these, a lot of people just, they don't, they wouldn't know. And that's because Microsoft sees value in things we, in, in, a, in a different way, man. Maybe that's having that much money because Amazon doesn't do this. I feel like when Amazon buys something, I know why. Like they got Twitch and I was like, I get it. Mm -hmm. I don't like it, but I get it. Microsoft then did Beam. No, not Beam. What did they do? The other one. Um, Microsoft Mixer. bought uh, the other. Yeah, and even I was like, why? Because it, it's almost like they bought it just to see it's what it was toy. like to own yeah. something like Twitter. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, what does so this weird. do? It's oh. so broke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, broke. And then they throw it away instead of in the toy box. Yeah. We'll just pay Ninja <laughs> so his money. Odd. All right, get the fuck rid of it. We don't need it. Oh, anymore. that's yeah. another thing. Remember yeah. that? They had just paid him, yeah. man. They had just paid him. And then they're like, yeah, we're good. And I believe most likely he got that signing bonus and a couple other things. No, just he did get drops. he did get like, the signing okay. bonus immediately. Like he got all of it in full. <laughs> just like, dude, what? It, it, dude, you talk about making a deal. Talk about oh shit money, right? Oh, dude, absolutely. Where, You're like, you have, this is this is my money that's... for the next ten years, and you get it all at once, and you can go back to the more popular platform. That's not going to. And then you can go back to the more popular platform. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, come that's on. the ultimate win, man. I gotta say, <laughs> I saw that shit. I was like, damn, that's got that's got to be nice. That's that's got to be where you you do not want to pretend it's even a smart move because no one would believe you. You just admit you got you got out of there. Yeah, you got out of there lucky. You know. Yep. Well, that's it for the news. Well, I imagine we'll see some type of Microsoft big purchase, maybe not of a studio, but IP or something along those lines at some point this year. They're due. Yeah. Maybe at E3 because E3 is, you know, back maybe in September again. We'll see if they want to have a little Bethesda anniversary there. But anyway, moving on to the Game Pass Picks of the Week. Carrick, would you like to go first or shall I? All right. Game Pass. Mine is good. I'll go first because it is one of my favorite games. It's an awesome third-person shooter. One of the most fun games that no one probably expected to be good. World War Z. Oh, dude, yeah. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love that game. And I think that I saw people giving it bad reviews and scores, and sometimes I feel like that was just that, that reaction, you know, of like it's not Fortnite or what it, whatever the other game was in that. I think it's not epic. And just, yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. Right, true. But long story short, that game is phenomenal. It's got great, great gunplay and what an AI that actually saves you, which I hadn't seen in a game like that in years. 
So like we were playing with multiple people. I got downed and we had one AI with us and he saved me. And I was just like, whoa, that's insane. Because usually the AI is too busy, you know, masturbating in a corner. Yeah, <laughs> You're just like, what are you yeah. doing? Yeah. So yeah, that's mine for sure. Yeah, I love World War Z. I remember that um, that that was a game that I played, and that was the first time I felt like, hey, they someone got the Left 4 Dead formula right, and it feels fun. It was just because you they got it so right, I didn't remember Maddie and I played together. Yep, indeed, <laughs> it happened though. I, just, fucking, it, I know it did, but I didn't know until I saw my own footage, and I was like, what? It, it was awesome, dude. Man. Yeah, awesome. just the the yeah, good. For game. those who haven't played World War Z, like one of the things they have that's awesome is this. Um, Ford mechanic, if you will, um, where there's this sea yeah. of bodies runs at you and you're like, oh, fuck. Like, it's that it's that type of thing where you cannot let them get close. Um, so there's that pressure, that intensity. My Game Pass pick of the week is Batman Arkham Knight. So I went with this one oh. because uh, we saw Gotham Knights get delayed. Uh, we know that the Rocksteady game is, is, a, is a number of years off. And so I thought, hey, now's a good time to hop into a Batman game right? You're missing the series. They don't have any of the other Batman games. A lot of people give Batman Arkham Knight flack. It is flawed. It had a really bad PC launch. Totally get all of that. But now with everything kind of said and done, the dust has settled on this. While it is the, the one I like the least out of the four Arkham games, it is still an amazing game. It is one of those situations where you have four really great games and this just happens to be the least good. Like, and, and so uh, if you've been sleeping on Batman Arkham Knight, maybe you've played the first two, which I recommend you do beforehand, and and you you have yet to pick it up. Um, there has been rumors of a Series X and S upgrade coming, but that was uh, a logo that was found on a uh, Xbox wire post. And so that's still, that was two months ago, I want to say, and that still has yet to show its face. So that could have been just an accident. I wouldn't wait on that though. Just go out there, play it, see what it's all about. It's got the Batmobile. It's got the free flow combat. It's got a pretty good story, I thought. And so it does lean into the Batmobile a little bit more than I would like. But it's still, you know, I think of it this way in a, in a lot of ways. Uh, when I when I played Batman Vengeance again at the end of last year when I was sick, I remember there was a level where you had the Batmobile and you were controlling it. And dude, Carrick, did you know that when you fucking turn corners with this vehicle, you shoot your bat grapple out of the car yeah. and it hits the wall. Isn't that awesome? And, and you like burn dude, on the corner. Turn. Oh, and it's like so a, cool. a quick time event almost. And I'm thinking, wow, we went from that, which that was to me like the definitive Batman game growing up. I love Batman Vengeance. It was awesome. You go from that to Arkham Knight where you can just ride around the city. And that's pretty fucking awesome. It's, and, and the fact that we have good Batman open world games when all we were getting were these kind of ass beat em ups, these like here and there titles. And like the biggest deal was getting the animated voice actors in like, yeah, Give Batman Arkham Knight a rip if you have yet to. And the reason I put it out there is because it kind of sparked me when Carrick brought up uh, uh, Shadow of War, Middle Earth. When I, I thought mm. of that, I was like, you know, that's a game that a lot of people probably passed up on because there were so many issues at launch. But now the dust has settled. Arkham Knight is just kind of chilling there on its own. Give it a rip if you have yet to. Pretty good game. Yeah, I like that game a lot. Mm -hmm. Backwards compatible pick of the week. Me or you? I'll go. Trials HD, baby. And I, well, I say Trials HD, but I just mean any of the Trials games. Because the Trials games are laugh out loud funny for me. Most of the time when I play a game, I don't laugh because like I've seen a TV show where somebody mm -hmm. trips. So it's like not surprising after the 50th time. I don't know what goes on in Trials, how they got the perfect ragdoll physics and all that kind of stuff. But there's like three or four on Xbox alone. 
I mean, Didn't dude, Ubisoft there's so many one? of these games. Or am I misremembering that? Yeah, Ubisoft does them, and they did a shit. This last one was terrible. Microtransaction to hell, which is why I went with backwards compatible versions, because they're actually good. Mm. And I don't even remember it coming up, at least the one prior to this last one. I don't even think there were microtransactions. Maybe there were, but they certainly didn't, like, you know, mm -hmm. does make you desire to get them. But the best part about these games is they're unlimited content because they have thousands upon thousands upon thousands of tracks. Each version is, and you can make your own. And so say, you just yeah. go in and you just, it's unlimited content. It's, it's incredible, man. And it's well worth, it's, I mean, I, I would just say they're probably, they're probably on Game Pass as well. But if they're not, they can't be expensive five or ten bucks after yeah i remember i remember playing one of them ubisoft gave me a review code for it and i just remember like obsessively going through levels because you'd have these big jumps and you'd have to land just right and you'd like climb up walls with your with your bike and it was just this weird physics-based bike game yeah. and it was it was a lot of fun so yeah that's a that's a good one my backwards compatible pick of the week is gonna really uh ruffle some feathers that's okay I'm going with Final Fantasy 13 too. A lot of people have my issue with Final Fantasy 12 slander, so I'm going to point you in the right direction now. I'm going to point you to Final Fantasy 13 too. I don't give a shit if you haven't played the first one. Go look up a synopsis. It's a very linear game. I like it, but it's very linear. 13 2 is a legitimately good Final Fantasy game. I will always say it is a good one. I don't care about your predetermined bias on the rest of the 13 series. 13 2 is good. So you got time traveling, Carrick. You've got a lot of exploration, a great soundtrack with some really nice vocals that match the themes of the games and the moments that are occurring. There's kind of a, a Pokemon creature catching system that allows for that creature you caught to be your third party member and you can level them up. There's great skins in the game, so you can wear like an Ezio costume, which is hilarious. It's got a solid story. I I mean, I this was one of the... I have to be honest, this was like one of the breakthrough JRPGs for me when I was growing up. I was a teenager and I played it and I was like, I get it. Like, I actually like JRPGs now. Like, I played stuff such as Kingdom Hearts, I think of, but much like people who say, oh, I hate anime. Oh, you like Pokemon and Dragon Ball? Yeah. Well, okay, you like anime. You know, uh, to me, it didn't yeah, click. Yeah, exactly. It did not click exactly. that these were JRPGs I was playing because they either scratch a particular itch or I saw Disney, for example. I was like, that, that's not... That's not weeby. Final Fantasy 13 2 was one of my more breakthrough JRPGs that kind of got me over the hump. And I think it's because it's a legitimately well-made game. Um, it doesn't struggle from some of the linearity, if you will, that uh, the first one did. I think it evolves its characters well. It just doesn't have expansive of a party as prior Final Fantasy games, which I think is a fair sticking point. But I think when you combine that soundtrack, that gameplay, the time traveling stuff, the story solid and... Um, it's just a really, really solid game. Highly recommend this, it. Uh, I'm, I'm watching it, but I can't tell. Is this? It looks real time though, right? Yeah, real, real -time, time strategy combat, combat or, okay. uh, with paradigm shifts. So you set your paradigms, uh, whether in or out of combat, and they sort of do separate moves, and you adjust your, you shift your paradigm based on what's happening. So you're watching, but then you're reacting and changing how you are approaching the the enemy based off their shift in the paradigm. It's really it's really, it's different. It's not your typical turn-based stuff, but I think it's pretty cool. And what I appreciate most about Final Fantasy 13 as a trilogy is it may not be your favorite, but each game tries something different. So, and then in the last one with Lightning Returns, 
you play as just lightning and it's got a job system instead where she's got like different outfits that do different things. You got a Majora's mask mechanic in it. Like, I think it's fucking awesome. I think it's really cool how much they experimented because, you know, really since then we've seen them try other things like 15, I thought was solid at first and it still is solid, but definitely suffers from some of that open world fatigue for me. Not really inventive in that space. And seven remake is of course, fantastic. But really, outside of that, I, I do think the 13 series gets... Uh, my voice cracked. I apologize. Uh, 13 series, though, gets a lot of flack when I think it's better than... Let's give them credit for it. How many games are there? I don't Three. I don't really get it. So mo Okay, so most Final Fantasies are one-offs, right? Wouldn't that be yeah, right? Final Fantasy X had 10 and 10 2. Okay, and then... And then 7 the had liked, Crisis was... Core. Uh, it had uh, Dirge of Cerberus, and it had Remake. So 7 had some exploration as well. But all with Cloud? Uh, no, because 7... Crisis Core had Zack. 7 itself was obviously Cloud. And then Dirge of Cerberus was Vincent Valentine. And then... So the one I like, which is 12 with Gambits, right? We always 12 had the, the, 12 had the Gambits and stuff. Tell yeah. people. Yeah. Was that by itself? That was individual, yeah. It got a re-release called the Zodiac oh. Age, which brought the job systems and stuff. Uh, yeah. That's what was confused me. So I thought the Zodiac Age was a different game. So that was its own its own thing. It was like, it's a remake. 12 is a remake. 12 Zodiac Age is a remake of 12. I wouldn't say it's a remake. It's a re-release with the... I think Japan had certain mechanics, if I recall correctly. Mm, okay. But yeah. I got to go back and try 12 again, though, because too many people tell me they like it for me to be like, yeah, it's it's so bad. Well, you mentioned it's your JRPG, your turning point or whatever. 12 is definitely for Final Fantasy. 12 is mine. And I don't know why. I couldn't even tell you why. I, I it could have just been that you day. You know? <laughs> I just, dude, I, I, just, I remember it worked for me. I remember looking at that game. I played 12 when I was a kid. Like, I didn't play and beat it, but I played 12 when I was a kid. And, and like that game was really ahead of its time with with it's it's world it's scale like it was actually fucking insane but it just didn't feel like final fantasy to you it, it's reason? not that it didn't feel final fantasy it's when i went back on the ps4 i think and i think my mind will have changed a little bit i think the protagonist is still dog shit i think it's terrible like he okay. he does not belong in the gotcha. game that's a really big sticking point for me but moving past that i think after playing trails of, of cold steel where you use a fast forward mechanic i had a really big problem with that being in zodiac age because i'm like well if your game's not balanced oh then I, I like right. I shouldn't be having to fight and fast forward to get through your game in a timely manner. Like that just should not be the case. And I think the That's same thing true. for trails, no, no, but I'm less of like, I'm less annoyed about that. So I'm going to, I will give 12 a fair shake at some point. Again, I, I gave it a fair shake originally, but I just, um, yeah, I, I didn't really like it when I played it. So be curious so to see the comments. graphics. What are three's graphics? Like 13, are they as good as 15 or sorry, 13. Oh, are they as good as the MMO? Are they, where are they graphically? They, it where looks pretty good, technical? especially on Series X now, because it's back and pat with that. I mean, it looks pretty sharp. You know, a doled down, it's stylistic too. I mean, yeah, a doled down 15 maybe, you know, it was, okay. it was a 360 PS3 I'm thinking of, I'm thinking I might, now that everything's streamable, like I'm trying, I'm getting into games I never thought I'd get into because I can just, I, I don't have to sit at the PC or I don't of course so I can just lay Dude, in bed I would and something like this actually sort of excites me I would really tell people just because I know 13 has felt linear back then now in an age where we've gone through a million open world games hub worlds all that stuff 13 yeah. probably feels fucking terrible to play because it's literally if oh, you look gotcha. at the map they have it's just straight 
I would say just watch a walkthrough or a, not a walkthrough, sorry, a synopsis and then play 13-2 and Lightning Returns because they are good games. But I think because it started off so weak, Series gets a pretty bad rap. Once again, all backwards compatible on Series XS. So have fun. Let me know what you think. PC game deals of the week. And we have some parts here. One of our longest lists, so get cozy. Oh, shit. I try, I try to be very picky with these because there are things like I saw a Bethesda sale. And I thought, I can't put the Bethesda sale here because we got Game Pass. Xbox owns it. Most of our listeners should be at least looking into subscribing oh, to Game Pass. So I see. at times I, I leave out sales that are decent, but I digress. GOG is having their own sale for Focus Home Interactive. We were just talking about them. So there's a Surge 1 and 2, two dual pack for 70% off, which is pretty good. Battlefleet Gothic Armada 2 Complete Edition, 55% off. A Plague Tale That's Innocence. the game we were talking about earlier, by the way. Oh, yes. There it is. Yes. Because yeah, I was talking about an RTS that was Warhammer. That's the one I was talking about. Yeah. Very worthwhile. And obviously, in the case of some of these sales, like here we go, Plague Tale Innocence, 70% off. I can't avoid that. Game Pass is just so spreading wide. that. Yeah, right. <laughs> but if right. you want to own these games yeah. on PC. Space Hulk, Deathwing, 66% off. Masters of Anima, 70% off. Runaway Series, 80% off. The next big thing, 80% off. And this sale goes on until the 21st of April. So you have a week as of the time of us recording this. So a little bit less than to get in on some of these deals. Steam is having a midweek madness sale as they usually do, but the games that they picked are pretty good. Satisfactory is going for $24. It's like a, a factory building game that you can play online with your friends. A lot of people really like it. Ghost Runner is the other one. This is a, uh, a cyberpunk kind of game that drops actually before Cyberpunk 2077 where you had this sword in your hand and you're like doing parkour. It's really crazy. Uh, that's going for $15, which is a really good price for this game, I think. I think it's the right price to buy in at. Yeah. Steam is continuing their sales. Capcom Publisher Weekend. Resident Evil 3 is 67% off. Resident Evil 2 is 60% off. I wonder how much these games sell with how often they're on sale, by the way. It feels like every episode I'm talking about these two games. Monster Hunter World Iceborne Master Edition, 42% off. And Devil May Cry 5 is 20% off, plus more. As for the parts, we have the Super Flower Elite X 3 850-watt 80-plus gold uh, power supply unit. This is going for $130 over at Newegg. Apparently, this one runs really quiet, so you know you can just fire up your PC, not have to worry about it. By the way, do not do not do your power supply unit disservice. I got a shitty one for my PC at home, and my 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 shit yeah. power loops constantly because it's fucking weak. So do not undersell the importance of your power supply unit. I learned the hard way, and until I get a new PC, I will continue to do so because I'm terrified to go in there and do it myself. Number six, and the last one, a new mouse, one that uh. Got sitting right here. Rocat Cone Amo Gaming Mouse. This is the remastered version, so it has more like stuff on the side. Uh, $60 at Amazon. We were gifted these for free through a Mafia Care package, but I bought one because I liked it so much. So just know that it does not matter at this point. My money is there. So those are your PC deals of the week. Hope you guys get yourself something nice. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free.
Five ending questions to wrap up this show now. VRG is our first write-in. What do you guys think about Microsoft possibly dipping into the handheld space with actual hardware? Currently, I think Microsoft's plan is to focus on promoting xCloud on consumers' existing smartphones. This seems like a safe approach to compete against the Switch after Sony's decline in this space. That said, I think a dirt-cheap ergonomic xCloud handheld might sell well. This can be kept dirt-cheap because it will only be designed to stream games, cannot download games. Years ago, I bought a perfectly functional smartphone for $60, so I don't think a price point under $99 is too wild. Microsoft could even bundle it with a year of Game Pass. I know that Carrick loves streaming to his tablets at home, so I am particularly interested in knowing if he would consider buying an xCloud handheld. Now, I like this idea a lot. See, I I think it's a good idea because here's how I view it, and this is the only thing that would skew it, is I look at what happened with... Diablo Immortal and Blizzard where they're like, you guys have phones and people were like, what the fuck kind of mind mindset is that? And so the idea of saying, Hey, maybe you don't own a cell phone. Maybe you want to access our games. Here's a hundred buck tablet that allows you to stream games. But the assumption is if you're going to budget that hard, then you would also, what about your internet? Would you have the internet that would allow you to stream that? That's the counter argument to myself. But I kind of like this idea. I am granted a handheld sucker, but you said no. I'll go into my thoughts a little bit more afterwards. I want to know why you said no. Well, just because I don't see Microsoft wanting to float an entire an entire bit of hardware just to sell it for a hundred dollars. That's not. It doesn't even seem like a Microsoft thing. Instead, they would just do a deal with like Samsung or something and say, if you buy a Samsung phone, you'll get a you'll get a, a year of Game Pass or whatever, and then mm. they sub they subsidize the deal. So I would see them because they're already doing that with the TVs. We know they're making those deals with the TVs right now with phones. I don't know if people realize. So I have a old phone, which is about a hundred dollar phone and then a new one, a pixel. And I can tell you right now, at some point you do actually on a cheap phone still run into Bluetooth overhead and the overhead for even putting video on your screen because you still have to, you still have to take the encoding and de-encode it. I just, I don't see them buying off on that. Like, it doesn't seem like, I mean, it, just, it doesn't seem like a thing that they would even think of doing. They could, because it's Microsoft. I'd be wrong, and tomorrow they could be like, got a handheld $100 system. Um, if they did, I would want it to have joysticks and everything, though. I can tell you that much. I don't want a phone. Sorry. I just don't want a phone. I don't want a Microsoft phone because I don't want motion controls. I want a Microsoft Vita Fake. Want to hear something funny? Fita. Mita? Want to hear something funny, I said? So that leaker that we were talking about at the top of our show with Persona also posted Microsoft is working on a portable machine possible announcement soon, and that was in March. Yeah, it's a reversal of my... Because when we first started the ham radio, I was saying, why does Microsoft not have like a streaming-only device inside your house where it only streams in your house? Because once you get out and about, then you're looking at all kinds of things that you have to take into account. Mm. But uh, at least for me personally, right now, I think they've gone away from that. But who knows? I mean, it'd be a Wii U. My guess is just with Game Pass. I know we talk about the simplification of it. Get a controller. You just need a TV, that sort of thing. I just feel like, would you rather get Game Pass on Switch would you rather have it be a Samsung thing with a partnership or would it make more sense for Microsoft? And we can't answer this now, I don't think, but would it make more sense for Microsoft to say, let's do our own 
and put it out there as like this game this we talk about xbox series s being the game pass machine so to say but what if they literally had a x cloud game pass machine i can't help but i mean where are they going to get the chips they can't even get chips that's fair there you go that's fair that's a really good point i'm i'm nervous about like where you get the parts for this mm. i mean i don't know i get the yeah. idea because what you're saying is like why worry about why worry about switch because it'll just be for sure for xbox on their little system which i get xbox but... has to worry about nintendo online that shit sucks like oh you yeah know, no dude i, it's I almost would wipe terrible, that off the board it's terrifying <laughs> I would. I in fact, if I was Microsoft, I would be like, "How does Game Pass work without the online?" Because that's mm -hmm. the only way you'd be able to do a Switch version. Because yeah. their their online is such dog shit. Yeah, like the wireless adapter in the Switch. I love my Switch, but that's terrible. That thing's bad, man. I got to be near my fucking router for that yeah. thing to work. <laughs> like it's terrible. Yeah. So, would you like to see this though? If it did be a thing, because that's I don't want it to be. This is my old LG, which by the way. To tell you how bad the cell phone market is, LG left. LG was a huge cell phone mm. maker. They just left as of last month. But would you rather have it? I want controls on it. So what I'm saying is I don't want a phone. I want a a device like that leaker said, not a phone. If that, I want you know a gamepad. Right. You know, you know yeah. my answer. Fuck yeah, I want one. I want a fucking Xbox like, Vita. Give me that shit. Yeah, what would we call it? The Mita. The Mita. <laughs> the, the Microsoft Mita is announced. You'd shit your drawers. Imagine Dude. if it would, like, that would be pretty Dude, cool, though. Holy fuck. Are you cool. kidding me? I would be off the walls. Like, I love, I have like a, I have an adoration for handheld gaming beyond what, what should be happening in the 2020s. You know, I just. Here's another hmm. thing, though, Maddie. The price. They sell the Elite for almost $200. Mm -hmm. Do you think they would ever go for $100? Anything? No. Microsoft will sell you an ice cream cone for 100 bucks. <laughs> they would. <laughs> right? Dude, the Elite is more than a console. The the older console, admittedly. Yeah. But the Elite is ridiculous yeah. in how much it costs. I just feel my, Microsoft's focus in general on peripherals, accessories. You know, we're talking about the Olufsen headset. I mean, the $500 one versus yeah, the, that's the true. wireless headset, Five, which is 100 that's very bucks. very true. I could, yeah, I, I think they, number one, we know, we just talked about this. We know they got the cash. And I'm en yeah. I'm entertaining the idea mostly because I want it to happen. And I, I hmm. if we believe the leaker for Persona, and that ends up being true, which, like I said, you know, I've I've heard as much, so... That other report of uh, a Microsoft portable machine, keyword machine, didn't say like console or something, which I think is gaming related. So might just be an Xbox device, like your Xbox app is there, all that stuff. You know, NVIDIA has that with their, they used to have the shields, the portable yeah. shield. I have one. I still have a portable tablet, which is the shield, a little bit more powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe... I mean, I, but the problem with the shield is it, it's all that power. The battery barely lasts, and there's no joystick on it. No game pad. The streaming, so like you it, think, help alleviate some of that, maybe? Stream pad helps the hardware a little bit, but it, you, the game pads are needed, dude. Mo, no one's going to want to do motion on half of the game's Xbox streams. In fact, I like motion on some of them, and I still bought this fucking thing. Mm. By the way, this was $60. So, no, $40. So... You got to figure Microsoft, like if they want something like this, but then it's got a screen in it. I mean, they could do that where it looks like this, but it's a screen instead of the, you know, the holder. I guess like, you know, I mean, what's a a good screen though is expensive too. Yeah. You know, like. You probably want to go with LCD if you want to cut costs, but. 
If you want to do yeah, the PlayStation route, OLED. <laughs> okay, mm. yeah. Dude, that's so expensive. I know. <laughs> yeah, no, there's there's no... Because here's the thing. You start off with LCD, and then if it works out well, you go up. That's what Switch did, and that was smart. That's what, what, uh, that's what Switch did. Yeah, and, and PlayStation started OLED and then went, oh, fuck, this isn't selling. Let's do an LCD thing for cheaper. <laughs> and, they, and they did, yeah. and well, here we are now, sadly. Uh, so... We'll see, but I, I appreciate this question, BRG. We would love to see that. Yeah, it's a good question. Matthew Armelli is our next write-in. What's up, guys? How are you feeling months removed from console releases? It seems Xbox just keeps slamming on all cylinders with hype announcements and good press. Meanwhile, Sony seems to be dead in the water and sinking fast when it comes to consumer get goodwill. Since the consoles were heavily constrained and will presumably throughout the, th uh, throughout the rest of the year, do you think Xbox is in a good position to gain back customers they lost during the 360 era? I've already had a couple of friends slide back to Xbox after ditching the last generation. The longer people are waiting to buy a PS5 in just time, Xbox can and is using to shine a big golden spotlight on their ecosystem and Game Pass. Is it enticing enough to change the minds of people in line for PS5s to hop over to the Series X and S line? It would seem to me that while Xbox pushes value and quantity on their end and Sony keeps floundering as their respective boxes become more and more available, Xbox seems poised to gain huge ground. Is console scarcity a positive thing for Xbox right now? What can Xbox do to keep dominating the news and potential customers' mind share? Love you too. Bye. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, we love you as well. Uh, so I was thinking about this earlier this week of how we keep hearing about these constrained consoles and when you combine that with the lack of exclusives, that's why it's going to be important. Pay attention when Returnal drops and when Ratchet drops. Pay attention to numbers, conversation, news cycle. Pay very close attention. Because right now, I think it looks like and it's perceived that Xbox is winning. And they are, by the way, winning over a lot of PlayStation fans. That's for sure. We have how many people have written into our show week in, week out saying, yeah, I got my first Xbox for how many years? So they're they're doing a good job. And it's showing through feedback through our show where we have PlayStation fans listening in. That's what it's all about. So they are doing a good job and they are winning fans over as we talked about at the top of the show with a lot of your questions. But when it comes to right now, I think the reason it looks like Xbox is winning is because with no games, they're making big announcements to push value on the system early where PlayStation is asking for your patience till you get something like Returnal, which expectations are high for this game. People are really hoping it's something good and it looks good. But right now, Microsoft has the ability to... You don't have to wait for games because games are coming out. So something like Resident Evil 8 Village, something like that, they could say, let's make a Game Pass deal for this so we have a big announcement before E3, right? Like they they have the ability because they, have, number one, have the money to do that. But B, if a company is willing and Microsoft has that cash to pay, they can make the news whenever they want to. You get what I'm saying? Like, I think that's a big point that that's being pushed here is getting an Outriders, getting a um, MLB The Show is huge because nothing else, it would be huge anyway, but nothing else is happening right now. So I think that's a big point here is that with it being scarce and you see PlayStation sitting there going, Returnal, Ratchet, please wait. Well, Xbox is like, boom, we're going to do this and we're going to do this. We're going to bring you this. Here's another edition. We're bringing Bethesda into the fold officially. Like, Yeah, like they're announcing everything at a quiet time where... I do think the scarcity, I want to say it's helping them, but it's pushing people to their side for sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, there's really not. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely, I think it helps huge. I think also people have a tendency to buy things based on hype and <laughs> yeah. that the hype starts to wear off. And you look at the offerings 
for different, as long as you're an open consumer, open to everything, and you look at the offerings and you might think to yourself, well, instead of getting the PS5 first and the Xbox later, now it looks like maybe it makes more sense for me to get an Xbox now and get a PS5 later mm -hmm. and play those games when they're on sale mm -hmm. or whatever. And so to me, none of this is surprising. We pretty much, I think we pretty much already stated that this was pretty positive for Microsoft. And so yeah. I don't think that's changed. I personally think it is. And I think the longer it lasts, it hurts Microsoft because they are also restricted. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, of course, it, of course it helps them there. I think re the biggest one returnal, I don't know how that's going to work. And I don't know how Ratchet and Clank sells through and all that stuff. But what I have noticed is that, dude, I don't, I don't know why, but Outriders was huge. It, it was huge in its PR and its zeitgeist Twitch and its bullshit. And it's, I'm just joking. <laughs> there is a lot good about that game. But what I mean is. That was Microsoft's probably biggest get. I know that sounds weird, but Bethesda, we haven't even seen anything other than old games, yeah. which is great. And I can't wait. But what I'm saying is for, for now, Outriders was day and date, which then you start going, well, that's 60 bucks I just saved. Then you look at another two or three games. You're like, that's 60, that's 60. And pretty soon all you need is 10 games to be $600 of savings. And suddenly you're like, well, I'll just get an Xbox then. Yep. Like that doesn't because I there's another 50 games that I could add on to this list of games I'm going to save money on and I'll buy the ones I want. Somebody told me this a couple days ago and I I fucking attacked them on Twitter. But somebody was like, <laughs> "I want to own my games." And I'm like, "Dude, I have no clue what world you live in, but those are not connected." By the way, Mick Fury, I said I would get through a podcast without saying what world do you live in and I fucking just didn't get through. All the way to the end. He's he was he was assuming I wouldn't make it and I didn't. But uh, yeah, you man, somebody was real saying quick, that. Dude, you got, like, is that that's like one of your quotes? Like, what world do you live in? He's like he's oh, multiple people have been like, I want a statue of Carrick, like because when you talk and do news, I'm like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but whenever you say something that like I'm, they 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 say that I always go back. Mick wrote it. He's like he goes back and yeah. he's like. What fucking world do people live in? And he's like, I guess it's become like a thing where everybody's like, that's what they were waiting for. And they they tweeted me a couple days ago about it. That's but uh, but yeah, in, in for that kind of stuff, it's sort of true, man. Mm -hmm. It's like it's sort of true. I think all this is pretty positive for them. I mean, the only other company I don't hear about is Nintendo, which I, maybe they're not connected to all this, but I haven't seen them take advantage. I guess I would have expected them to try to take advantage of these not being out. Maybe they don't need to. Maybe the advantage is already theirs and they're selling and they just don't care. I don't know. Yeah. But I was wondering what Switch was thinking. We're going to have to skip a question on this list because I realize this should have been a part of one of our, our, our news bits here. It comes from Sean. Why I'm going to read it. And then, Sean, you have a voucher now. Go ahead. Tell me when you're cashing in your voucher. We will allow you to ask a question we will put it on the show if it's fucking dumb though i'm not doing it i'm putting that out there now if you yeah, if you yeah, try well, to put course. my balls in a vice over something there's no fucking way i'm yeah. putting you on so maddie you and craig or you and kroger being yeah. brothers like you yeah, are like, no you're just like it's Sean, out. you get out. a legit <laughs> voucher we will put you on the show but if you abuse it i will expose you that's how it'll work i'm kidding but point being is there you go uh his question was with recent 
Uh, day one releases on notable third-party titles into Game Pass and rumblings of more to come over the year. Is this a troubling sign uh, for the release timing of Xbox's first-party titles? I can't help but wonder if Xbox is getting aggressive mm. on this front because they know their heavy hitters won't be ready until 2023, 2024, which we had talked about, of course, with yeah. our first bit of news. So apologies to Sean. Do write in, cash in that voucher whenever you'd like. Cody Herb's up next. Good day, gents. Microsoft hands you a blank check to remake a game. The catch? It has to be a game that didn't sell well or was poorly received. What game would you pick and who would you bring? Who would you bring new life to a flop? My pick would be Flying Heroes and I would have Rare make it. Thank you for your time. Continue the awesome work. Thank you, Cody. Hmm. Hmm. A game that did not hmm. do well. Oh, man. Because see... Hmm. See, it's funny. When you think about it, Xbox kind of has done this like... State of Decay 2 didn't really do that well. And they did the Juggernaut edition and it did well. Yeah. And it fixed yeah, a lot it of did things. Very well, yeah. And then I look at stuff like Crackdown 3 and that I didn't like and it did not do well. And I can't imagine what kind of re release would fix that. So I got to dig deep here for a game that averaged, didn't perform that well. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Avengers. Give me a blank check. And let's fucking fix Avengers. Let's bring new life to this. Let's pull Square Enix off of it. Let's pull Eidos Montreal off of it so that they can go focus on Deus Ex like they should have been in the first place. Uh, I don't know who I'm giving this to, but let's not make it a live service game. Let's make it like I expected when I saw Square Enix and Avengers. If Square Enix has to be involved, it's got to be the turn-based RPG I expected. When I first saw that, I was like, "Yo, that'd be sick!" Avengers turn-based turn RPG. Turn-based RPG, Star Wars or Star or, or Super a superhero mm -hmm. game. You want it to be hundred percent. I think that would be awesome, and a, a single-player storyline. Like, give me that. Not because I'm an RPG fan, by the way, but just because when I saw Square Enix and the Avengers symbol, I remember Carrick and I sat down and we were like, "What could it be?" I said, "Yo, imagine yeah. it's like a a, a cel-shaded comic." Avengers kind of storyline it's turn-based because it's a JRPG because it's coming from Square so they have some anime flair that's what I wanted from the get-go I accepted we weren't getting that right when we saw it I played it it was terrible did not do well should have never been a service game so that's what I would pick right now that's like a, a recent game that comes to mind where I'm like you know what let's give that a second chance in a whole separate dimension where it's not anywhere close to what it once should have been so is Mass Effect Andromeda then a uh, is that an acceptable answer? Oh, yeah. Question? Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it'd be Andromeda because I think that while I liked the Shepard storyline and I'm glad it sounds like we're returning to it and all that stuff in 4, you know, it looks like it at least, at least some of those characters, mm -hmm. I was not dead set against it not being Shepard. What I was dead set against it is it being a trash game. And they didn't even get phys like physical height right on character. Like, that was lazy. And I don't know what you would have to do. I don't know who I would put on it, but I would put a company like, you know, whether it be an obsidian or a, an exile or somebody like that. But I would like to somebody to look into it and say, this is our major, this is our major IP, man. Mm -hmm. This is a major IP. Why are we not treating it like that? And they did not treat Mass Effect Andromeda like a major IP at all. They treated it like some kind of almost, almost like they didn't want to do it. And I would love to see that get a re, um, I didn't. Ha I hate. What was it? Ryder wasn't that your character? Ryder, yeah. Ryder, yeah. Ryder. I don't. I didn't dislike the idea of any of that. I. I. It, but man, it didn't deliver for me. So yeah, I agree. That's a good one. 
and Linz27 is our final question. Hey, gents, hope you're having a fantastic day. Things are finally opening up in the UK again, and I'm feeling positive this week. That's great to hear. Despite my positivity, I do have criticism of Xbox. This year, Xbox has had almost constant praise, but should we criticize them for their poor next-gen strategy? Even if Halo Infinite did come out last year as planned, it would have left 2021 without a single first-party game. Even though there were some great second-party exclusives announced in their summer showcase, or I think that's supposed to say spring, we still haven't gotten dates for the majority of those games. While on PlayStation side of things, they have Eternal, Ratchet, Horizon, all scheduled for this year with three first-party games they've already released. While I have about 40 games in my backlog, so I'm not complaining, I'm curious about your opinions. Have a good day, folks. I like this write-in because it's a very fair point that if Halo isn't pushed this year, I think there's a very, not different conversation coming up, but we, we're not thinking in this manner where we, you know, we were already at the end of last year when these came out, right? Midway through November. So stepping into the new year, it feels there's a different like roadmap almost when you look at Game Pass and now knowing Halo sort of the capper for the year, supposedly. Yeah, I just want to know, do you think uh, we should be criticizing some of their strategy? Because I think they've strategized quite well with smart delivery and Game Pass sort of being executed well and letting Sony's uh, uh, fumbles speak for themselves almost. But when it comes to the first party stuff, is that lack of preparation being exposed? We also don't know if Halo's delay has caused other things to be because they don't want it to overlap with Halo. We don't know about COVID. And I just do not believe in this. I mean, it's not a child to be chastised. It's a really weird attitude to be like, should should we condescend one group because, you know, we've been too nice to them? I think we've been overly negative about Microsoft at times. <laughs> so I don't need to add even more negativity to it. I mean, to me, I don't have any clue what's happened. And their ideals and what they've purchased and done we haven't even got we I just said that we haven't got a response. We don't even know what Bethesda's offered. We know Bethesda gave us old games. Mm -hmm. You know, Outriders is great. By the way, I gotta say, I call into question anybody who's pretending for a second that the PS5's got an amazing exclusive library. I'm sorry. You are smoking way too much dope. Like definitely dipped in DMT dope if you are thinking that the PS5 has some kind of magical huge exclusive library. i in fact, like Dude, I barely turn these systems on. I turn on my Xbox so a lot, what, but it's because of third party. I turn on my Xbox a lot. Yeah. yeah. And and Forza, I play the backwards compatible. So there you go. It's like, you know, personally, I don't know how anybody would get off. If we're going to blame companies for COVID in some weird way, because that's what I think 90% of this is, then you'd have to blame them both. And that just feels really awkward. It's like, I don't blame AMD for not being able to make chips. Like they can't make chips. It's the so it feels way too personal to me. Instead, I'd just be like, I play it. I play the games I play on it. I I, I don't know. I don't know. And by the way, I should say I'll back this up on any console in the past too, including my PS2. I rarely played exclusive Sony titles on my PS2. Almost barely ever. Hmm. It was almost always third party titles. On the Sega Saturn, it was probably first party because they did not have a lot of games in America for a long time. But I would say most of my systems, an exclusive comes out once every four or five months. The rest of the time is those other games. And so this is just a mimicry of any past year that I've had. Hmm. I mean, Death, uh, Death, Dark Souls is cool. Or Dark, what it, is that what it is? Dark Souls or Demon Souls? Oh, Demon Souls remake. The yeah. remake. Yeah. Demon Souls is probably the only like, you know, 
I mean, that's like the only actual exclusive that I even think it's the of. The only next-gen exclusive console. outside of yeah. technically the medium. And the Horizon Zero Dawn, yes, that is coming out. Returnal, I don't know if anybody would be like, wow, that's an amazing exclusive. But you can. You can think that. Horizon Zero Dawn, we don't know if it's coming out this year. So it's weird to say I'm going to be mad right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, because what if it doesn't come out? Are we then going to be mad at Sony? I don't know. Why get mad if games de delayed? Yeah, I agree. I don't know why uh, we should. I think it's fair to say like, hey, if Halo is not delayed, this whole roadmap looks different. But to me, that almost speaks to a smart delay then that they would have been rushing out the gate. Yeah, maybe so. And they had a good understanding from the get-go of what this would look like. And so I think we should almost applaud them for saying, let's take the time with Halo. Let's build confidence with that. They've been doing monthly updates on it leading up to E3, where I imagine there'll be a big blowout. And then on the other hand, you've got these big Game Pass announcements where I think Returnal for PlayStation is like Outriders for Xbox. And by that, I mean that like these are games that probably typically would not bang, but because it's been pretty quiet to start the year, oh, you know, they are going to hit a little bit harder and people are going to talk about it more like, dude, I mean, I've been seeing some chatter on on the timeline about Returnal. Like it's going to be this fucking masterpiece. And I, I mean this with no disrespect because I like Mark. I think they do great work. I'm trying to remember the game they did at launch on PS4. It's going to bother me. You go around like a planet almost and like you're in a ship and it's a twin stick shooter almost type of thing. It's bugging me right now. Oh, I don't. I got to I got to look this up. House. Uh, yeah, they do do a bullet hell. Yeah, but this was like yep. a legit, a legit good one. It was Resogun. There it is. Oh, yeah. Resogun. And they did Alienation, which was pretty solid. They do these fun arcade games. So to see Returnal sort of being almost a triple-A level of that is exciting. But I do think this is, like I talk about with Xbox, by the way, when I say um, they get these ID at Xbox games, they get like a second extinction, you get the Ascent. The Returnal is more along the lines of a game that I think rounds out your library. It's not supposed to, in my eyes, be the big Lead punch. It. It's supposed to be like, this is a part of a bigger plan. And because nothing's happening, and now you get Deathloop delayed, which, by the way, PlayStation console exclusive, like, that's kind of a, a significant delay for them. It puts even more pressure on Returnal. So I think that's what we're starting to see happen. Nobody here. believed me that was big news either. Two things I've stated were big news. People are like, it's no news at all. So the fucking 60, the FPS boost. Mm -hmm. So this is back when I said the three big things were going to happen. And we we knew about one delay, but then the death loop delay was coming up. And I thought that was going to be big news. And then I thought Xbox game boost was going to be. I even took a Far Cry. I had I got a Far Cry style picture for my face. Did you see the art that I got? Yes. Where I'm like, yeah, and it's all purple. And I posted that a couple about a week and a half before FPS because Far Cry 4 was one of the FPS boost games. And I was like, this is going to be huge. People were like. Yeah, FPS boost when it got announced got no traction. It got no traction. Even though now you hear people talk about it, I was to me that was huge news. I don't know about yeah, you, but dude, like, are you kidding me? When they started hinting about it, I was like, oh my god, this is going to be awesome the way they've got it planned. And the same thing happened with Deathloop. Like, I was like, this is going to be huge news. There's a big game being delayed, blah blah blah. And then it got delayed, and people are like, eh. And it, the thing, and the reason why I bring it up is because, dude, on my timeline, Returnal is hated, hated. Really. I can't mention Returnal without somebody saying they're charging full price. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, we don't have the game yet. Mm -hmm. How do we know if it's not worth I don't understand where you're coming from. So the idea that you're seeing like a huge amount of positivity and I've been seeing nut crunching negativity about it. 
And and so it's nice actually to hear that you have been because I've tried to mention it a couple times. It looks I think it looks sort of cool. It does look good. I love it the looks they were showing some video. Yeah, they were showing some video of it like being bullet hell but third person. Like she's like going between some lasers, and I was like, dude. Mm-hmm. And I I dared mention it on my timeline, and people are like, fucking Sony trying to get away with blah blah. blah. And I'm just Sony's not. Tra- what are you talking about? Sony's not trying to get away. There's no foolery, Tom foolery mm-hmm. here. It's a game being released for a certain price. Uh, is it going to be sixty or seventy? Do we know? I think is 70. that game going to be pretty seventy, sure, Maddie? Sure seventy. See, I I get why people say that, but goddamn, talk about the price and not seventy the game. bucks. Yeah, because like Returnal can still be good and overpriced if you get my drift. Like, it can be a great forty dollar game. You know, does that make sense? Like, it might be missold as house mark on returnals price we're doing our half of the value proposition hmm. i don't know what that means i'm trying to find the quote here we're doing our half of the Havery told us the game is much a much larger endeavor than our previous portfolio noting that it's the team's biggest project more than that it's launching on a brand new system which involves adding new features like 3d audio and haptic feedback everything really caters to a new type of experience Havery says explaining that they're aiming to fulfill their end of the bargain by producing the best, most replayable, and most engrossing experience they can. He continues, Now, it is, of course, a new console generation and a next-gen title, so there's things that come along with that, but as long as we're fulfilling our part of it and making the best game possible, then we're doing our half of the value proposition in that regard. I think the idea there is like, we're making the good game, it's up to them if they want to buy it. We're going to make it worth your money. And here's the thing, right? I, I mean, mean, what I've seen looks like a blast, so it, it could easily be worth 70. I think 70 is causing people concern this year. Yeah, in particular. and totally makes, and sense. makes sense. And here's how yeah. I look at it, man. If you're, We talked about budget and whatnot with some of these games. This is a... Uh, a, a seems like it's got roguelike elements of some kind. So I don't know what the 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 cost of creating assets for that versus like a full triple a development project that you know uh would be something along the lines of like a horizon like what that is in comparison but you know with these companies even if if they're making a game that they feel looks like we could get 70 out of people for this why would they sell it for 50 does that make sense like no it makes yeah i mean i and i get where you were going i think you were going a certain way and then sort of maybe stepped away from it. i, I want to make sure i'm wording the idea but I know what you mean about like, well, if it doesn't cost as much as a AAA game, why would you charge 70 even if it was your best game and your blah, blah, blah? And because it is a rogue-style game, maybe it's not requiring new assets. I don't even think it deals with content true. and quality. It's more like, hey, we can make a lot more on this because it's yeah, it's a premium thing. Oh, no, I was thing. saying when you were talking about, about those premium. things. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And House Marquee, it's an exclusive title. I do think the seventies just burned them, Maddie, and we could do an entire podcast on pricing because now mm-hmm. it's completely in the air. Remember in the days it used to be easy, nine ninety nine, nineteen, forty, sixty. Mm. And then your bullshit versions that only idiots pay for with like statues and shit, right? That's me. Now No way. Really? I like I like a statue every now and then. Yeah. I like a statue every now and then. Look at dude, look behind me. This is my You can see some of the this figures. Is my, right there. That's a picture. That's a poster. What? I can't right, see no figure. Oh, you're this big, yeah, bro. Know, but can you you're see the in the Goku you're in the special right here. No, oh. I can't see it. I, all I can see is your lamp, oh. your little your little paper lamp. All right, I guess. Yeah, yeah I'll just look disappointingly right on you. Then, cool. so other people can see that. Ninja, I can't Ninja see Turtles, it right now, so people know. Promise Neverland, Goku, Piccolo. What's the last one you got? 
Uh, ooh. That I paid for? That Yeah, that you paid for. What's the last one you forked out your your Maddie money for? <laughs> uh, I'm looking right now. Um, The Turtles in Time action figures there. 25 bucks yeah, each. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Well, you bought all four, though? They only had three. I got to complete the set. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they only had three, so I got oh. Raph, I got Michelangelo, and I got Donatello. No Leonardo. I bought them out. No these Leonardo? The last three. Oh, I was like, man. Fuck. I'm going to take them because these are going to go up. And, and, and they did they do Splinter? Did they do the, they the, did a the full, bad guys? They did a full set. Here, I'll, let me eBay it real gotcha. quick because I'm probably going to be sad that I didn't jump on Leonardo. What is this again? That's funny. That's funny, though, that you have three of the teenagers. You're yeah. like, wah, wah. I know. TMNT. Uh, I've got, I bought one steel book. You know, I ended up, I think it was on accident, but I got the cyberpunk steel book, mm. which I guess I shouldn't be casting stones at anybody because I own the I own a cyberpunk slightly more expensive version. Yeah, they did a whole set. Uh, Foot Soldier, Shredder, Slash, Leatherhead, and then the Turtles. Oh, damn. Yeah. Well, hey. Uh, I mean that's that that one makes sense. It's your it's your sort of your thing. Like oh, if dude, they had a yeah. primal statue, I'd probably would have bought it. Yeah, I'm looking at some of these prices, and I definitely am glad I paid twenty bucks for them. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. What are they at now? Seventy five, hundred, seventy, fifty, forty. Like it's gone up. eBay, the, right? Is I bought them because I was like, not because I plan on selling them, but I bought them and left them literally in their boxes. So I'm like, these will be expensive one day. I know they will be. Yeah, yeah. Sealed yeah. Ninja Turtle product of Turtles in Time run. Come on. They still haven't fucking re-released that game. All right. Well, that's uh, that's all we've got for episode 15 of Defining Duke. It's been a good one. Um, we appreciate those of you who got this deep. If you did, the hashtag Defining Duke is all you need to use to let us know. So put it in the comments. Put it on Twitter. Tag us. We're seeing more and more of that. We like that shit. Let us know. We're fans of learning Indeed. that you're fans. Great. Even though I don't like that word. You're not a fan. You're, you're a person. You like to listen to our content. It's just that simple. You're one with us. You're a slave to our, to our grind. Yeah, right. You have to watch all of our stuff. We should put code words in like every so often. So a person That's how we'll give like, away games. Or go half a story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the so first shady. part of a anyway. five-section code just up at the top left corner an hour oh, in. Man, that's so... Like, a, like when an ad... Like when a review... I guess reviews don't, do, but you know, a video where they're like, and you would not believe what happened. And then they're selling like hemorrhoid, you mm -hmm. know, cream or something yeah. in the commercial. Yeah. Like, Son of a bitch. I was just going to tell everybody, yeah, man, definitely appreciate you guys going and reviewing and uh, at the uh, the podcast and uh, sticking with us, even though I know I got some heat a couple days ago uh, because I didn't diss on something. I don't remember. Somebody was mad I wasn't as mean to one thing as something else. As is the internet. I think the people who listen are are pretty open, which is... Like, this will be a very I big test. I don't know what I was expecting. This will be a very big test. because we're put Why do you think that? Because we're putting out an episode mostly about PlayStation on an Xbox show. And... Oh, I and see. And I know that okay. people respect our, our, our current body of work on Xbox, and we have been PlayStation yeah. fans for a while, but it will be interesting yeah. to see the, the, uh, the PlayStation brainiacs, if you will, come in and be like, well, actually... Here's what Jim Ryan said in 2014. Oh, I'm, I'm expecting that. I'm expecting that in a smaller capacity, but I'm expecting it nonetheless. So we will see. Let me just make sure that everybody understands that I actually will not read your comment. 
So if you're writing it, it's going into the oblivion of uselessness <laughs> that is your life. So right away, whatever you want on your YouTube, it's not going to be seen. Do you know where I see the stuff? I just go into Discord. That's where I get the feedback because mm. people will tell me. They'll be like, oh, you, you know, this was brought up about your podcast. That's the best place to go. Yep. <laughs> go to Discord. Let it get filtered through a couple people. Yep. <laughs> anyway, no, I just wanted to say thanks to everybody. All right. It's been a blast. Well, we hope you all enjoyed. And with that, we will catch you next week for episode 16 of Defining Duke and episode 12 of Defining Duke Ultimate. Until then, take good care of yourselves. Have an awful week. And we'll see you then. All right. Peace out. Peace out. Defining Duke, an Xbox podcast, is a product and trademark of Last Stand Media and Collins Last Stand LLC and is recorded from the good old USA. The show was conceived by Matthew Mr. Matty Plays Schroeder and me, Colin Moriarty, and is written and produced by Matthew Schroeder. Matty's co-host is Jeremy ACG Penter. Defining Duke's executive producer is Dustin Furman, and the show is edited by associate producer Ben Smith. All of Last Stand's theme music is by Ramon Narvaez. As you know, all of Last Stand Media's shows, including Defining Duke, are fan-funded on Patreon at patreon.com slash laststandmedia. The following names are at the producer support level or higher on Patreon, and we're grateful for your kindness and generosity. Andrew Morgan, Gregory Slavinsky, Stephen Nieder, Ross Marenka, Miguel A. Brewer, Morgan Ashley, Azan, Michael Vecchio, Jerome Ferreira, SLDFMA, Jorge Palomino, Enrique Perez, Daniel Diamore, Brad Cooley, Jeremy Key, Patrick Leslie, Tyler Watkins, Troilus True, Isabella Hope, Evan Barr, Talisman, Robbie Nauman, William Holbert, Chris Buston, Josh, Chuck, Betty Ann Moriarty, Tyler Hook, Callan Lennon, Daniel Johnson, H-Trons, an unofficial controller podcast, Ethan Davies, Jay Getter, Jeff Mercado, Galja, Jody Pack, Of Fortuna, Boots, Tyler Brown, Megadeth, Gavin Newland, Saul Balcazar, Zach Parsley, Raul Melendez, Eric Harden, Matt Martin, Kinnums, Adam Barnes, Jonathan H., Rodney Coleman, Chris Moore, Rinsler 526, Anti Kinnanen, Taylor Barkley, Will Hernandez, Chris Galvin, Mason Cadillac, Ollie Fritz, Chris Buston, Zach Allum, George Anthony Nunez, Kyle Hagel, Christopher, Colin Love, Daryl E. Naaman, Ryan R. Kittredge, Toby Ryland, Michael S., Damon Weathers, Tom Cargill, Richter 86, Michael J. Sutherland, Hofeldian, Barrett Boswell, Christopher DeVaio, Chris Morton, Kevin Komaki, Blake Israel, Jonathan Coates, Sean Mason, Josh Gravelick, Brian Chan, Organic Produce, Shane St. Pierre, Carlos Algarit, Richard Hebert III, Miranda Grubba, Ray Lagia, Donnie Nolan, Josh Yeager, Matthew Cooper, Dan Parsons, Martin Beck, Gavin, Brian Watkins, Joey Andrzejczyk, Nathan R., Joe McPartland, Christopher Moore, Jacob Bell, Dennis Usel, David Everett, Eric Finkenbeiner, Lewin Ray Loper, Dylan Burns, Malachi Wall, Zach Binkley, John Schultz, David Chestnut, Yusuf, Anton Kay, Alan Tremblay, Tyler Bello, Ryan T. Mandel, Tony Zuniga, Sean Battershall, Max Lazos, Robbie Hensley, Alex Cabrera, Lennon Brixey, James Kinslow III, Hugo desk peter reynolds anthony vasquez william o'carroll jesper jansen phil crone throw seven adam nix josh mckinney michael gates alex gates ryan robertson sean chandler david mann petro rose lockmore geo corsi gerald pennington justin wagaman paul joyce chad lewis matt hazelbaker todd paxton joshua smallwood shane rayum spencer brand don lee john cordero keith a lewis marius scarson peterson tyler harris matthew purdue patrick harper mad mock media jonathan rice and casual misfits gaming Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.